0: Final battle. I was one. Prepare for such a thing.
1: What in the world? The Ring of Terror era has begun. Chaos is where order no longer exists.
0: battle is forged in chaotic fire. I'm
2: changing what Ring of Honor is. I'm
1: going to desecrate its legacy. Ring of Honor Wrestling presents Final Battle. Live Saturday, December 10th at a special start time.
3: What's going on, everybody? And welcome to this very special edition of the Main Event Talk Podcast. It is December 10th. It is Saturday right now, and we have a lot to cover on a Saturday. And it's not just because the fact that today is my birthday. Well, I'm sorry, not today. Today, my birthday doesn't happen until my my anniversary. I'm talking about my brother's birthday. Yes, my brother is having a birthday today. The main event's going to be celebrating with him. There's going to be, you know, a lot of stuff we got to cover This week on the Main Event Talk Podcast, December 10th is going to be an interesting week or interesting day because there's going to be several events that are going to be happening, including what you just heard at the very beginning, Ring of Honor's final battle, which is tonight. Well, actually, it's going to be in the afternoon. And I can understand why they did that, which is a very good call on their part. We're also going to have NXT deadline, UFC 282. That's going to happen tonight as well. I don't know if we're going to cover that or not. Uh, Pacquiao was actually supposed to fight as well. So that's going to be interesting to check out as well. And I believe there's another event happening on Saturday as well. But there are several things that are going to be happening uh, on Saturday on my brother's birthday, so it's going to be interesting. This is going to be the second to the last episode of 2023, of, of 2022, because as I mentioned we're going to do this episode. Uh, I think I said this on my Facebook. I'm going to do this episode and then we're going to do, um, the episode that you, uh, the episode coming up, which will be, uh, that one's going to be about winter is coming. So we're going to talk about that one and much, much more. So there's going to be a lot of stuff we're going to be doing in the next few minutes, next few hours before we get to the actual events. So right now, right now we're going to go ahead and uh, play some music for you and then we're going to give you the wrestling news to give you an idea of what the hell is going on in the world of professional wrestling and i also have an exclusive two main event talk exclusives of my trip over in houston texas that i did just yesterday and i gotta say um i love what happened so We'll start with that, and then we'll start the music, then we'll start with that, and then we'll get to the wrestling news, if you don't mind. So let's get this show on the road, shall we? The sun
4: is gone.
3: If you guys have any questions in regard to this show, all you gotta do is go over to my email address at the main event nineteen seventy seven at gmail.com. That's the main event nineteen seventy seven at gmail.com. Listen for your question right here on the main event talk podcast, and it could be any question that you want whether it's anything about what's going on in the world of professional wrestling to anything new in music or anything about possibly politics, even though I really don't get into politics that much anyway, or anything about, Current events or anything about the Transformers or any kind of new metal music that you like to talk about or anything in particular, even if it's a bit personal. The main event would love to go ahead and put that email out for everyone to listen to. So once again, my email address is the main event nineteen seventy-seven at gmail.com. That's the main event. 1977 at gmail.com and listen for that question right here on the main event talk podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is a main event talk exclusive right here on the main event talk podcast. Uh, It is 915 right now as I'm recording this. Uh, This is Tuesday, October 18th, and I'm sure you guys are hearing this episode right here on the uh, Main Event Talk podcast as it's happening on a Saturday. Uh, the Main Event wanted to go ahead. I have been watching uh, both NXT, uh, NXT and uh, AEW's Dynamite <clears throat> in the past couple of hours and so far. Um, uh, tremendous show. I uh, love how everything went down. Unfortunately, there was uh, one thing that took place that uh, I'd like to go ahead and talk about as you're hearing this. Right at the very beginning of the show, and I wanted to go ahead and let this out right here, right now. So, I was watching the match between Hangman Adam Page and John Moxley. Now, there are a couple of things that we will talk about. We will talk about this match uh, during the duration of this episode. We're also going to be talking about a lot of other things, but we'll talk about that in just a moment. I wanted to go ahead and talk about what I had just uh, saw a few moments ago. Uh, I did not get an opportunity to see what exactly took place in the match between Hangman, Adam Page, and John Moxley because I was getting ready to check out what was about to go down on the other side of the channel between Kevin Owens um, and the three men that would be competing for the NXT Championship at Halloween Havoc, which consists of Braun Breaker, Ilya Dragunov, and Jeremy McDonough. Now... Uh, as soon as Kevin Owens entered the ring, uh, they were about to go to a commercial break. I went ahead and uh, <coughs> I went ahead and changed the channel. And as soon as I changed the channel, uh, the last thing that I saw when I went to AEW Dynamite was Hangman Adam Page down on the floor. And John Moxley apparently was awarded the AEW world title. So I wasn't sure exactly what had taken place. Um, we just heard something about an injury, uh, something that was severe. I wasn't sure what it was. Uh, do not know the severity of the injury that happened. Now, as, uh, as all this was taking place, I mean, there were a couple of other uh, stuff that happened, uh, which we will talk about during the duration of this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. I was looking through my feed. I was looking through uh, several things on my Facebook and on my uh, Twitter page. And apparently, there was a severe clothesline that John Moxley had did on Hangman Adam Page. Now, just to kind of give you an idea, and I want to go ahead and kind of give you the replay here. So as John Moxley is about to deliver a clothesline, uh, Hangman Adam Page uh, took the severity of the clothesline and kind of, you know how when a person... Uh, gets clothesline like say you know how when a person gets a uh, a clothesline from hell from JBL, and that person would flip over and then hit the ground just like that. Well, what happened apparently was uh, John Moxley had hit a clothesline on Hangman Adam Page, and it uh, it was tough to tell, but I I kind of slowed down on the replay and kind of had a look at it, and from the severity of it, as soon as Moxley hits the clothesline. I see Hangman, he made a flip, but what happened was, as soon as he hit the ground, apparently his neck, or his head, had kind of uh, hit the mat, and it seemed to have, um, I'm not sure if it was a twist, I'm not sure if it was, a, he, basically what I'm, what I'm telling you, that he he landed wrong in the match and uh th- this was right after this was right after um everything was already done. Uh so I saw this on Twitter, I saw this on my uh Facebook page as well. A lot of people have been um keeping an eye on uh, what's going on with Hangman on a page at this point in time right now. So, um uh it was it was very very bad. Uh it was uh, I don't know how severe the neck injury was. Um we um uh, we here in the main event song podcast would like to go ahead and send on our prayers to uh hangman Adam Page at this time <clears throat> as this episode is being aired. Now, we don't know the severity of the reports and everything. We just know that the um the severity of the neck injury is serious. Uh we've had several um several friends and family look into Uh, What's going on? As a matter of fact, I'm looking at several of the tweets here. Uh, um, A prayer for Hangman from uh, the former NWA world champion uh, Nick Aldis, the national treasurer. There was also uh, a prayer from, um, uh, let's see, I, I believe there was a prayer from uh, WWE superstar Biggie, Who had suffered a neck injury himself Right at, the I think it was around March of this year So he knows what's going on and everything Uh, several people have been sending out Tweets and everything about what's Going on with Hangman on the page, let me see if we can Uh, look into, uh, just a little bit More here, if we can Uh, let's see <coughs> Sorry, um Just looking into there's uh, one of Sting, one of the elite Uh, Let's see, I don't see anything uh, <clears throat> I'm just trying to um, see if there's any tweets going on for hangman Adam page right now um uh, well, right now it's uh let's see okay, so it says here uh from p r uh p r wrestling uh it says here john moxley retains the a e w world championship via doctor stoppage. Uh, hoping, uh, Hangman Page is okay, so that's the, that's the deal that's happening right now, I'm just looking into everything, um, everybody's been, uh, sending out their support for Hangman and Page at this time right now, um, not sure, not sure the severity of what's going on right now, but we do know, we do know as you're listening to this episode right now, we know that Hangman and Page is injured, uh, we don't know the severity of the injury, but you will listen and hear to several of uh, several things that are going to happen right here on this episode of the Maybed Talk Podcast. Like I said, this is breaking news. This is happening right at the beginning of the show. And I wanted to go ahead and bring this to you before we begin the show in every way possible. And just to give you an idea, I was watching the match with... Um, I was watching NXT. I was watching AEW. Uh, during the duration of the Kevin Owens segment as soon as Kevin Owens was entering the ring, um, we, they went to a commercial break, and then right after the commercial break was over, the main event switched over to AEW Dynamite, and there was a scene where uh, doctors and referees and everybody were in the ring, Hangman and Page was on the floor, and um, Jon Moxley uh, retained his AEW world title. Now, I wasn't sure exactly what had taken place, but when everything was over, I went on Twitter and I was looking at, uh, looking at several things to see what I can find. Uh, and I had found a video that somebody had displayed about what exactly transpired. And what happened, like I said, uh, John Moxley had hit a, a severe clothesline. Well, it wasn't a severe clothesline, but it was a clothesline nonetheless on Hangman Adam Page. And as soon as he hit the clothesline, all of a sudden um, Hangman had flipped over. And as soon as he landed on the ground, apparently his head had uh, hit the mat, but it it looked like it sort of... I'm not sure if it twisted or if it did anything, but he did land on his head uh, in the match right after the clothesline was taken. And after that, uh, the referee had said that we're going to stop the match right here, right now. And uh, <clears throat> that was it. So Hangman Adam Page um, would... Uh, uh, would be injured right here And John Moxley would retain The AEW World Championship So right here on the Main Event Talk Podcast We would like to go ahead and send out our prayers And um, hopefully Hangman Adam Page is okay um, You know a- a- As we said many times before And I just want to go ahead and say this You know we-, we can say Whatever we want to about what pro wrestling Is when it comes to what these men do In the ring it's it- There's nothing fake about it and, and I hate using the F word here on the show, but um, there was nothing uh, fake about what took what transpired. Uh, all I can say at this point, right, right here on the Main Event Talk podcast, we wish um, Hangman Adam Page all uh, all the best, and we're hoping he's okay. Uh, all all our prayers and our thoughts are with him at this time. We know that our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family. We're hoping Hangman Adam Page will be okay. And like I said before, you're hearing this right at the beginning of the show. Now, it's being released on a Saturday, okay? And it's the weekend of Halloween Havoc. We're gonna talk a little bit more about Halloween Havoc. We're also gonna talk about the Tuesday night war between AEW and the NXT and plus we will give you an update on everything that's hanging uh that's having that's happening right now with Hangman Adam Page. This is a main event talk exclusive right here on the main event talk podcast and as i stated you will hear the other part of that main event talk exclusive at the end of this show uh because there was a lot more that happened uh because that that i took i i decided i was gonna because i usually use my phone when i do all these podcasts and i go ahead and you know say what i say and put it out there Everyone to do so, yeah. That was recorded when I was over at my work and I was getting ready to have a trip over in Houston, Texas. And uh, it's incredible. Uh, I'd like to tell you what that is and everything else, like that, but we will save that for the conclusion of this episode of the main event talk podcast. Now, let's get the wrestling news out of the way from the Arcadian Vanguard podcast network and let's hand it over to one of my favorites not only in the Arcadian Vanguard, not only in the Wrestling Observer. We're gonna hand it over to Mike Sempervini to give us the wrestling news. So, Mike Sempervini, take it away, my man.
5: Arcadian Vanguard presents The Wrestling News in your daily wrestling newscast for Saturday, December 10th, 2022. Good morning, I'm Mike Sempervivi. We begin today with WWE Smackdown, which aired live on Fox last night from the PPG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh. The show marked the return to WWE television of Olympic gold medalist Gable Stevenson, who appeared alongside another Olympic gold medalist, Kurt Angle, in both a backstage segment and the show's closing segment. Angle was being featured in the ring for a birthday celebration in his hometown when he was interrupted by Alpha Academy, prompting him to bring out Stevenson to even the odds. The show concluded with Angle hosing down Alpha Academy in the ring with his trademark milk truck, then celebrating with Stevenson.
4: Oh, my God! Shades of 2001! In The new suit!
5: Stevenson has been signed with WWE since September of 2021 and has made a handful of TV appearances for the company to date, but is yet to wrestle on WWE television. In the opening match of the show, the Usos successfully defended the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship for the second time on TV this week, beating Sheamus and Butch with some illegal outside help from Sami Zayn. Quick with the bro kick, but a super kick. Tag made, Butch is legal. Instinctive shot from Jay,
2: but he's on jelly legs right now. This is Butch's is for the take it. Step up in Gary by Butch again. Jimmy Uso tag made. I'm not sure Butch realizes that Jimmy made the tag. Ducks underneath. One day by the Usos. One and done.
5: What started as a contract signing for next week's Intercontinental title match between champion Gunther and SmackDown World Cup winner Ricochet turned into a six-man tag team match. With Ricochet in the New Day, defeating Gunther and his Imperium partners Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci when Ricochet pinned Kaiser. In other happenings, LA Knight called out Bray Wyatt for his recent sneak attacks during a promo segment. Tegan Knox and Liv Morgan defeated Shayna Baszler and SmackDown Women's Champion Ronda Rousey when Knox pinned Rousey, and the Viking Raiders against Legado Del Fantasma went to a no contest due to interference from Hit Row. Later in the evening, a taped edition of AEW Rampage aired on TNT from the HEB Center in Cedar Park, Texas. The opening match saw former AEW World Champion John Moxley defeat Konosuke Takeshita, putting him out with a bulldog choke. This was Takeshita's first TV match for AEW since officially signing with the company last month. Adam Page stormed the ring after the match and got into a brawl with Moxley, with Moxley's Blackpool Combat Club members, Wheeler Yuta and Claudio Castagnoli, breaking it up and bringing Moxley back to the locker room. You know, Doc Samson over there won't clear me to wrestle because of my brain.
2: So I guess, I've got a pretty good excuse if I'm not thinking straight tonight. Oh! Hangman just dropped Moxley with a right hand! Moxley's gone through hell this contest with Takeshka, and then this shot. This shot. Hangman doesn't give a damn about what he's gone through here. And remember, it was the lariat from John Moxley on Hangman Page that took Hangman out of action. And right, Hangman is not cleared. And so we're gonna, we're gonna, oh, Claudio Cassioli, Wheeler Yuta, the Black Club, trying oh, to get in between these two. But, oh. Yeah, head first, buddy. Hunter, gonna
5: be very careful. He's got a world title match tomorrow night. The main event featured the AEW debut of former NXT UK performer Trent Seven, who was Kip Sabian's mystery selection to face Orange Cassidy for the All Atlantic Championship. Cassidy won the match, pinning Seven with the Orange Punch Beach Break combination. Seven and Saban double-teamed Cassidy after the match until Dustin Rhodes made the save to end the show. In other results, Hikaru Shida pinned the bunny to earn a future title shot at AEW women's champion Jamie Hayter, and Lee Moriarty and Big Bill, formerly known as W. Morrissey, won in a squash over Clayton Bloodstone and Izzy James. With some other WWE news, here's the Wrestling News' Lou Kippelman.
6: John Cena will be returning to WWE television for the final SmackDown episode of 2022, according to an exclusive report yesterday in Variety. Variety reports that Cena will be at the December 30th episode from the Amelie Arena in Tampa, Florida, marking only a second appearance for WWE this year, following his June 27th appearance on Monday Night Raw, in commemoration of his 20th anniversary with the company. It is not known what the nature of Cena's appearance would be, Cena has not wrestled a match since his Dark Match main event on the September 10th, 2021 edition of SmackDown from Madison Square Garden. For the Wrestling News, I'm Lou Kippelman.
5: In other AEW news, AEW World Champion Maxwell Jacob Friedman will be in attendance tonight at UFC 282 at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, according to ESPN's Mark Raimondi. The announcement came following an online war of words between MJF and British light heavyweight fighter Patty Pimblett, during which MJF referred to Pimblett as a dollar store Conor McGregor. Moments before Raimondi's tweet, MJF seemed to confirm the news, tweeting simply, See you in Vegas, Patty. In injury news, the injury that's kept Drew McIntyre out of the ring the past two weeks is a ruptured eardrum, according to this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter. The injury was apparently sustained during last month's Survivor Series War Games match, the same match during which WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns also suffered a ruptured eardrum from a slap to the face by Kevin Owens. It's not known what caused McIntyre's ruptured eardrum. McIntyre wrestled one more match after Survivor Series, a six-man tag at the November 27th house show in Portland, Maine, after which his injury was identified during a post-match examination. He is expected to be back in action for WWE's post-Christmas house show tour. Veer Mahan has sustained a minor hand injury and is being kept out of the ring by WWE to make sure he is healthy and able to compete at the company's live event January 18th at the Gachaboli Indoor Stadium in Hyderabad, India, according to a report in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. WWE reportedly has big plans for the Indus Share Tag Team, comprised of Veer and Sangha, to play a major part in the Indian event. The duo had been scheduled to wrestle at tonight's NXT Deadline Premium Live event against the Creed Brothers, but that match was canceled. An update on the condition of Barry Windham, the former NWA champion is out of the ICU and has stabilized and is now able to talk and stand, according to a Twitter announcement made yesterday from his niece Mika Rotundo, sister of Bray White and Bo Dallas. Wyndham went into cardiac arrest and suffered a massive heart attack last Friday at the Atlanta airport and had been in uncertain condition for days after undergoing an emergency life-saving procedure. With some legal news, here is the Wrestling News' Lou Kippelman.
6: Tammy Sitch's motion to have her pre-trial hearing postponed has been granted by a Florida court and the hearing will now take place on January 12th, according to PW Insider. The WWE Hall of Famer has been incarcerated for 214 days while awaiting trial for several third-degree felony charges, including DUI manslaughter, causing death while operating a vehicle with a suspended or revoked license, and three counts of DUI causing damage to property. The charges stem from an incident involving Sitch, which led to the death of 75-year-old Julian Lassiter in Ormond Beach, Florida, last March. Sitch's original request was that the hearing be pushed back to February, but that request was denied. For the Wrestling News, I'm Lou Kippelman.
5: Our final report today will contain some spoilers for upcoming Impact Wrestling television. These will not be full results, but only the newsworthy items that occur during these tapings. If you wish to not hear any of these spoilers, we'll give you a moment to make your decision. And please remember to follow us across all of our forums of social media heath and rhino lost the impact world tag team championship to the motor city machine guns alex shelley and chris saban last night at the impact tapings in pembroke pines florida the match is expected to air during next week's edition of impact wrestling on access tv this is the machine guns third impact tag team title reign they currently also hold the iwgp strong openweight tag team championship and before we leave you today We'd like to remind you that however you consume your content, you can find the Wrestling News 24 hours a day and seven days a week across social media. On Twitter, follow us at Wrestling News AV. Our Facebook page is also Wrestling News AV. The Wrestling News can also be found on the Arcadian Vanguard YouTube page. And for those who utilize Amazon Echo devices, just tell Alexa to play the Wrestling News podcast. And remember to make sure you add podcast at the end. Thank you very much, Mike
3: Zivervidi, for the news and everything else like that. And also, I forgot, and I think they just mentioned it already, uh, right here on the wrestling news. Big happy birthday! Shout out goes out to the Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle. He celebrated his birthday. He's at what, fifty-four years old, fifty-something years old, I think. I think that's how old he is, and everything. He still, Kurt Angle, still looks in great shape in every way possible. I saw the, I saw the whole angle that happened uh, right as you know, because I was in Houston yesterday. And I had came back just in time. I didn't get a chance to see the full segment of what happened at the beginning of SmackDown. But I did get a chance to see Gable Stevenson. And I did get a chance to see, you know, the whole thing with Alpha Academy. And the whole thing with the uh, truck and everything else like that. Uh, Funny stuff, good stuff in every way possible is only Kurt Angle can. But big happy birthday goes out to Kurt Angle, Olympic gold medalist. Also, Uh, another birthday. And I want to go ahead and get this out of the way. Speaking of Houston, Texas. Um, and I wanted... Um, uh, she was one of my original friends on my original Facebook. And I think I follow her now on Twitter because I, I just found out she had a Twitter. And she has her own Facebook page. And she also follows me on uh, Instagram as well. She's wrestled here in Corpus Christi a couple of times before. And she I believe she wrestles over in the Houston area. She's wrestled in several other promotions. Around the state of Texas, and I believe all around the world is, well, I don't know if we're around the world, but probably it's true. Today. But big happy birthday goes out to Claudia Solis. Yes, Claudia Solis, who, um, uh, uh, she was friends with me on face, uh, my original Facebook for a while. I think she stopped being my friend. I don't know why. But when I started getting my new Facebook, I gained her back. On my Instagram, I gained her back on, on my uh, Facebook. And now I have her on Twitter and everything. So big happy birthday goes out to Claudio. Uh, Claudia. Cla- Claudi- Claudia. I keep mixing Claudia with Claudio. Because- Why can't you just call Claudio Casanoli, Cesaro and be done with it? All right? I don't want to mix up the names. But anyways, happy birthday to Claudia Solis and everything. Hope she's having herself a great birthday in every way possible over in Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas was great. Love being there, but we will talk about that at the conclusion of this episode of the May Vet Talk podcast. So, guys, uh, let's see. There's um, what other stuff do we have to talk about before we get into uh, some things here? Um, well, there is one. There is a couple things I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way, and um, we'll probably. Talk about this at the conclusion. We'll t- well play some of it anyway at the conclusion of this episode. As you know, um, besides today being my brother's birthday, and besides the fact that uh, let's see, it's Claudia's birthday today, uh, yesterday, and Kurt Angle's birthday yesterday, uh, there's also a couple of things we also have to remember and think about at this time. And I want to go ahead and get them out of the way. We'll probably play them later on on this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast uh but about a few days ago uh december actually no i'm sorry it wasn't a few days ago it was just two days ago to be exact december 10th is my brother's birthday december 9th is kurt angle and uh claudia so birthday but december 8th it holds a very dear place in my heart especially to the heart of everyone especially when it comes to metal music now We know about what took place over on December 8th of 1980. That was when uh, John Lennon had passed away. Uh, That was over, I believe it was 42 years ago, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it's still something that shocks me and shocks a lot of people to this day. I didn't know about it at the time, right? I just heard the name John Lennon so many times as a kid. Uh, The Beatles came to mind. And then, all of a sudden, when I found out who he was at, at an older age, I was, uh, like, shocked to hear about that. Uh, at that time, it was probably years ago, maybe in my, when I was in the 90s, I think. Probably when I was in my teens. But, yeah, John Lennon was a, um, a huge figure, a legend in the music business, you know. And it was sad about what happened to him, about the fact that he, uh, he got shot by a crazed fan and let's call it like we see it by a crazed fan and it's just sad that something like that that happened to him so uh, we would like to acknowledge that right here in the main event talk podcast about uh, the the death of John Lennon his memory still lives on from here on out. I still remember seeing uh, somebody had show some footage I think it was a I think it was either MTV or MTV classics I think it was one of those where they show footage of everyone basically a crowd of people that showed their respect and everything for John Lennon. And it was just one of the most um, incredible things I've ever seen over in New York city. The other thing that happened, and this is something that is very close to me very close to my heart in every way possible. And it's something that we, we are still in shock about to this day. Uh, December 8th, 2004 is a moment that I will never forget because Uh, And this happened years ago, and I wanted to go ahead and get this out of the way as well. About uh, 2004, uh, I believe it was a Wednesday, it was Wednesday night, and the main event was uh, on his way to head over to uh, Rich's Billiards, and I was hanging out with, um, I remember hanging out with Hector at the time, and me and him were going to go shoot some pool, drink some beer over at, uh, at the time it was Dio's. And uh, Renee was going to come over and drink beer, shoot pool with us until he gave us the word about what happened to former guitarist of Pantera and then guitarist for Damage Plan, Dimebag Darrell was shot uh, on stage. Uh, and it was, when I heard about that from him, I was like, oh my God. And then I heard it through the news as well and everyone, all they could talk about was what happened with Dimebag Darrell when he got shot, when he got killed. And it, it was just one of the most horrendous things I've ever heard and my god and and it's so crazy how um, you know it's it's pretty and for this to happen and and it's incredible for this to happen on December 8th on the night when John Lennon sh- was shot was the same thing that happened to Dimebag Darrell, and it was one, it, it's still one of the most incredible things ever heard about in history when you have one legend that is shot and another legend in shot, uh I guess it was what um twenty four years later, right if I remember that because let's see his assassination his his shot, if you will, happened in 1980, and this took place in two thousand um 2004, right? So let's see, if I were to pinpoint this correctly, let's see eight, uh, 1980, 1990 would be ten years. Uh, 20 years, and then... Okay, yeah, so be, it would be 24 years since the day when John Lennon was shot, right? 24 years ago. Now, 24 years later, you get the same the same thing, but on stage. On stage. And I think, uh, from what I remember from the documentaries and from what other people were saying, that they were almost 10 minutes into the set. Or not 10 minutes, so 10 seconds into the set. And then all of a sudden, somebody just comes in and just... You know just start shooting away and that's just crazy and the thing was uh i, I think the guy was shooting the the uh, members of Pantera was shooting uh was gonna go for got dime got dime back Daryl and i think uh, again if uh, i if, if i had mike Rod on the podcast i guarantee he would tell me you know a lot more because he was a huge fan of pantera just like uh, just like anybody else was um I believe he was going to try and go after uh, Vinnie Paul also he was going to try and go for Vinnie Paul also and it would have been and, and this is something that I, I shudder to think and even though both men are no longer with us Vinnie Paul and Dimebag Darrell would have been crazy wouldn't it have been crazy and this is just something to think about wouldn't it have been crazy if if both Dimebag and Vinnie Paul lost their life on that same night I, I would not want to think about that, but that's also something that would be very eerie to talk about. And the notion, and this, and, and I'm, I'm getting two different conflicting stories, and I still want to know the real story about who, who did what, about what, what did this guy do? Why, why was, why was this dude? Because let's see, I remember, I think it was behind the music that said. Uh, I think it was uh, some sort of a former Marine or something like that who who was disgruntled over the breakup of Pantera, right? But then another, like they did behind the music of Pantera, they did two different versions. They did one version where they talked about Dimebag, uh, where they talked about this guy who was... Um, who was despondent over the breakup of Pantera. And then when they did the remastered version a few years later, then all of a sudden was brought up to, um, uh, now they, they mentioned that he that he had he heard voices in his head and they told him to kill him, right? Which, that didn't make any sense at all. Like, okay, so what was his real purpose? What was the real reason that this guy shot Dimebag Daryl? and everything, I mean, I mean, kinda, I kind of, and if Mike Rods listens to this, if he knows the real story about why this dude did what he did, I'd like to really know the real story. Now also, and I want to go ahead and make mention to this, and I, and I don't want to leave these people out for anything in the world because we know Dimebag Darrell was the one that got shot, and we know people have been thinking about it as well, but the people that were over, um, I forgot, I think it was in Indi- Indian- Indianapolis, I think, or wherever the place was that uh, that place got shot. There were several people that were shot. Let me pick this up here real quick. There were several people that got shot in that in that same venue that I think deserves a lot of recognitions. Now I I don't know any of these people's names. I know that behind the uh, music, behind the music, uh, the remake a remake of Pantera had did a story about that and mentioned all these people's names. And I'd like to acknowledge all those people over that have but you know what let me let me see if i can uh look into this whole thing because i had there we go okay uh and i'm looking at this and uh let's see oh uh yeah i'm looking through this whole thing with uh time back there right now where uh august 20th of 1966 was where he was born he was born in Uh, Ennis, Texas. Oh, wow, that was good. Columbus, Ohio. Okay, that's where it took place. Uh, It took place over in Columbus, Ohio, right? And let's see. Um, let's see. Columbus, Ohio, they did, uh, Behind the Music. This was something that, uh, I think... Let me see if I can, uh, Because I see, um... This one was uh, from the Rolling Stones, uh, "The Murder of Dimebag Darrell," uh, which was on December thirtieth of two thousand four. Right. So, let me see if I can read this full story. So that way, uh, so that way, all of us can get an idea about what had happened. This is from the Rolling Stones. Com. Uh, com. Uh, Published. It says, "A young obsessed." Uh, a young fan obsessed with heavy metal shot and killed former Pantera guitarist Dimebag Darryl, uh Abbott, and three others during a show by Damage Plan, Abbott's latest band. The tragedy took place uh, on the evening of December 8th at, um, and if I'm pronouncing this wrong, I apologize... Uh, Albrosa Villa nightclub in Columbus, Ohio. The shooter the shooter, Nathan Gale, that's the that's the name I remember, uh 25, uh was killed by Columbus police officer minutes after uh the violence uh, erupted. A stocky former Marine Gale was reportedly upset that Pantera had broken up. See that's what I heard that's what I remember quite well you know from there but why they choose to mention that he had voices in his head on the remake was was ridiculous to me but anyways uh, let me continue on here uh, upset that the breakup of Pantera last year um, and may have blamed Abbott for the band's uh, a crimp Boy, I can't stand it when they mention stuff like this. It's 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 AR I'm sorry, ACR A criminance Split. I think that's what it says. I, it, anyways, the deaths came on the 24th anniversary of the murder of John Lennon, which I just talked about right there. Uh other other victims were 23-year-old fan Nathan Bray. Damage plan crew member Jeff Mayhem, uh, Thomas, uh, forty at uh, forty and club club employee, Ern A Hulk, Hulk twenty nine uh, Abbott uh, was thirty-eight was known as the expressive guitar player who brought the fluid dynamics of Eddie Van Halen. A technique to Pantera's much hard, harder power groove thrash. One of the '90s most uh, uncompromising metal acts, Pantera was also one of the most successful. During its 18-year career, the Pantera sold more than seven million records. According to uh, Sound Scam, 1994's Far Beyond Driven entered the charge at number one and solid 1.4 million copies. Let's see. And uh, four bands... Okay, here's another part of the story. Uh, Four bands were on the bill and about 250 people paid around... $8 $8 per ticket. That's crazy because, that, you know, to tickets like that. Uh, I remember buying shows, uh, buying tickets for, I think it was $10, $20, you know, when I started watching shows over there here in Corpus Christi for $8. That's pretty cheap right there. But anyways, um, per ticket had shown up. Uh, well, short of the venue's capacity of 600, members of the local group of volume dealer, one of the opening acts, uh dressed in combat fatigue and another local opener was named Twelve Gauge. Ah, this is interesting right here. Um this kinda this kind of ties in. I don't understand why people haven't got to this part yet. In the chilly darkness, Gail had been uh hanging out with the clubs uh with the clubs packing a lot while the music pounded inside the construction workers from the Mary- Maryville Ohio a blue collar uh a blue collar sub 25 mile north west of Columbus Gale stood 6 feet, um 6 feet 3 uh, weighed more than two hundred and fifty pounds. He wore thick glasses and Columbus blue jacket hockey jersey over a hooded sweatshirt. And and I think this is, this is what he said. Hey man, why aren't you watching the show? A fan asked him. I don't want to see no shitty local bands," he said. <laughs> you and it also says here you can at least go inside and stay warm. No man," Gail said. "I'm gonna wait for damage plan. Hmm, that's interesting. Club manager uh, Rick Cantella. Peg Gale as a harmless hanger on one without a ticket. Ooh Ooh, that's He didn't have a ticket, huh? Oh, that's that's kind of interesting there. I think some people really need to relive this. Anyways, let me let me read on to what this uh this part right here. Uh, let's see. He was just a craze fan trying to talk members of the band. Contella uh, said. One of my guys who helps to set up the bands eventually told him to leave. So, hmm, that's interesting there. So if he, if he was just there as a craze fan, if they told him to leave, he would have left. Instead, as Damage Plan took the stage, Gale jumped a uh, six-foot-high um, fence. <laughs> uh, you know, and also you have to understand something. Let me go ahead and get this out of the way here. You're going to have some idiots jump the fence during a show. You need to stop them from the other side of the fence as soon as they start jumping, okay? But anyways, let me continue on. Let's see. Instead of Damage Plan, uh, instead Damage Plan took the stage, Gail jumped uh, a six-foot-high fence and rushed into the club through uh the side of the door walking swiftly past the pool tables the bar sound booth he reached the left side of the stage witnesses thought gail uh whose head was shaved wanted to stage dive it was about 90 seconds nine nineteen it says 90 seconds 90 seconds into the first song of the set damage plan's new single newfound power uh let's see here the club the dude was was uh, the dude was way determined uh said Bill Payne the singer of volume dealer who saw Gale enter the club he was on a mission he looked angry he was walking like he was going into battle interesting there on stage Gale drew a uh, Beretta gun handgun uh, a Beretta 9 Miller handgun that I know what those are uh, and headed straight to Avid Joe um the Mercer Dermon as the base player for Volume Dealer thought Gale shouted something about Pantera but he wasn't sure with the feedback I didn't hear I didn't hear what he said Dermon said it was uh, I saw him open his mouth and yell something but I don't know what it was he just looked determined. Gail shot Abbott who was headbanging his hair in his face at least one let's see at least one in the forehead. Dime was doing his thing and said uh said Aaron Benner a fan was uh, standing nearby. He was getting really into it. He uh, so he was blindsided. Hmm. Interesting. So Cortella who was tended who was tending bar thought firecrackers had gone off. Others figured the speakers were popped or somebody had fired a cap gun. I thought they were playing a big gimmick," said Ryan. said Ryan uh, Mal- Malachor, who was working security, people were pumping their fist, thinking it was a hoax. Uh, Catella kept pouring drinks. The music stopped. Uh, drummer Vinnie Paul, uh, drummer Vinny Abbott, Daryl's brother, stood up uh, behind his kit. Abbott's guitar began to uh, to admit feedback in the high pitched streak. A security guard tackled Gail, who confirmed uh, who continued to shoot into the crowd. One uh one bullet gazed the arm of a volume dealer, a Roadie, uh Travis Burnett, I think. A let's see. A blurry former soldier was dropped um dropped his beer and ran towards the stage to try to disarm the shooter. I asked him, dude, that, uh, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, Bernard, he was like, get out of here, get away. As I went to grab him, he shot me. The bullet went through my shirt, and I didn't even feel it. Wow, <laughs> and especially when you've had too many beers, you're not gonna feel it, but once once the adrenaline comes back to you, then you know what's gonna happen next. okay, anyways, let me continue on uh let's see um uh Daryl Abbott laid on stage, bleeding from his head while most fans fled. one concert goer, Mindy Reese. A registered nurse from the Columbus um, uh, from Columbus rushed forward. I said fuck this, I'm a nurse. Said Reese. He's uh said Reese. He needs help. I didn't uh, I did chest uh compressions for fifteen to twenty minutes. I kept saying, Dying back, come on, come on, please stay with me. Abbott was nearly uh, nearly dead it was near death by the time the paramedics arrived let's see uh, let's see okay it looks like it continues on from here uh, from the backstage area officer James um, can't pronounce this name correctly but it says appeared carrying a 12 gauge shotgun okay I remember I remember uh, just stop right there. I remember seeing footage of a cop going right towards somebody with a 12-gauge shotgun. Uh, and that looked extremely familiar. Remington shotgun. He walked past a stack of amplifiers and saw Gale, who had taken a male hostage, holding his gun. The unidentified man's head. Gale began moving towards the rear of the club from 20 feet away he fired once killing Gale Uh, Nathan Gale according to people in Marysville was troubled but not prone to violence he was enlisted in the Marines in 2002 but left uh, left the corps for as uh, uh, for as yet unknown reasons. Eighteen months later, he worked uh, on construction sites in an oil in an oil change shop, uh, Mitt lube, and as a landscaper. And as a landscaper, okay. Uh, Gail also played offensive guard for the. Lima Thunder, a local soprino football team. Sem- Semprovino, is that what it is? Okay. Well, anyways, a uh, football team. Uh, what, like, like we're not like we're supposed to know that this dude is to play football for somebody. Who gives a shit? Um, on the team bus, Gail could often be found with his headset on, their listening Pantera. On November 17th at 3 a.m., police arrested Gail for driving with a suspended license. Ooh, boy, I didn't know about this story. Um, For driving with a suspended license, uh, with a suspended license, by then friends told the Columbus Dispatch Gail had. Uh, had changed. He began talking and laughing to himself. He told a friend that Pantera has stolen his songs and that he was going to sue them. Ah, okay. So <laughs> I can not, I can understand why the guy lost his fucking mind. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. Lucas Bender, manager of the Bears Den Tattoo in Marysville, across the street from Gale's house, uh, said Gale was um a frequent visitor. He got a tattoo on his right or left arm, a big custom-designed tribal. Said Bender, he was also uh he also. Got his ear pierced about a week or two ago. He came in on a daily basis. I tried to keep him away from the clientele. He, he, he kind of gave everyone a weird impression. Okay, well, that's kind of interesting there. Bender said, Gail told him, he left the Marines due to mental problems, was taking medication, and may have had bipolar. Nathan was infuriated with the guitarist, said Bender. One of our tattoos artists plays guitar, and Nathan started trying to hang with him as police officers and detectives flooded the flooded the club on December 8th uh, Vinnie, of uh, Vinnie Paul or Vinnie Abbott escaped into the uh, damage plan tour bus he climbed into dimebag's bunk and wept uh, dime uh, damage plan loved us um, uh, said lament uh, Look, lamin. I, I can't even. I'm trying to pronounce all these words correctly, but it's so fucking crazy. Lamin. Lam, lamented Bill Payne, the volume dealer singer. They told us to stay after the show. They told us to stay after the show. They were going to talk to us and have drinks with us. It was a local band's dream, maybe coming true, turning into a nightmare. So that's uh, that's all the things that happened here. As far as okay, so now uh, this I was gonna try and at least just get um, find out exactly you know who. Um, who are these other people that were shot? Because, and, and reading that whole thing on the um, Rolling Stones, boy, it just makes you wonder oh, fuck. This dude, and this guy was a mental case. This Nathan Gale guy was a mental fucking case. Now, and let me also, and let me, and while I'm thinking about this, and this is the part where I'm really supposed to, hold on, hold on a sec here. I got to turn this off because I don't want the noise to drive the feel off or anything else like that. But for that to happen, I mean, it, it, it is so insane. It is so insane how this one guy, this one guy that had some sort of mental stability, had some sort of problem had some sort of issue because let's see if i've got this right and i and believe me i i didn't i've heard about the story all right i've heard about the story now i'm reading all this for the first time right i'm reading about all this for the first time and i am now deciding that i'm going to go on a crazy rant here and i got to because of the fact that this dude is the man responsible for not only killing killing Two members, well, almost killed two members of Pantera. But the fact that this dude had a mental problem because he liked Pantera. Let me tell you something. I'm a huge Pantera fan. I love their music. I've seen Pantera here a couple of times. I even saw Damage Plan when they came here a few months before Dimebag's death. All right? I remember that show quite well. It happened alongside with Drowning Pool unearthed, hate breed, and damage plan. I remember that quite well. I was there for that fucking show. Now, (coughs) for this idiot to go ahead and do what he did, because, let's see, he had a mental problem. He wanted to sue the band because there were certain songs that belonged to him when in reality, look, if you heard those songs by these guys and you've written the song that is almost similar to what they do, here's what you do. You rearrange the fucking song. You still make it yours, but you don't try to copy them or you don't try to sue them. You don't try to do any of those things. That's completely stupid. It's irrelevant. It's nuts. Now, finding out that this guy had a mental problem. Finding out this guy was, was uh, he was discharged from the core because he had mental issues. Of course he had mental issues. And I don't blame the core. And that's, that's also another thing. It doesn't just affect... Not just the fact that a guy had a mental problem in the core. It's also, it happens everywhere. It happens in, if you're working in the fire, in um, firefighters, or if you're working for the police, or if you're working for, you can't have a mentally disrupted moron come into your part of the segment because you think that he's not going through a problem. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Look. For this guy to come out here and do what he did is absolutely absurd. I can't believe it. I cannot believe this shit that I see. And now, and you know what? I'm glad this, uh, a lot of us are glad that this Nathan Gale moron is shot and I want to take my personal hat off to that police officer that came over to that, sh- that guy with that fucking 12-gauge shotgun and blew him in the fucking head. This guy, and let me tell you this right now. Let me tell you this. If we didn't have people like that come along, I guarantee you Damage Plan would be around and they would be making three more albums and then somewhere, and I, I don't think anybody will disagree with me on this one, but to say. Somewhere down the road, we might see a Pantera reunion between all those individuals, between Philip Anselmo, Rex Brown, Vinnie Paul, and Dimebag Daryl. And I bet you, you know what? I bet you anything, and here's something to think about. I bet you anything, Hell Yeah would have never been made. Hell Yeah would have never... You probably know who the band Hell Yeah is. That band would have never been made, yet. It probably would have still been in the works and everything, But, I bet you anything, it would have never happened. And we could have had a Pantera reunion instead of having the Pantera reunion that's happening now. Because just think about this. Two members of Dimebag um, Daryl, two members of Pantera, two of the original founding members of Pantera are no longer with us. And now they're doing a Pantera reunion that features Rex Brown, Philip Anselmo, I believe Zach Wilde and Charlie Bonante are going to be in- involved in this uh, situation. Let me tell you exactly what my mindset is about that. My mindset is it will never be the same. It's not Pantera. People are going to hate it and people are going to reject it for what it is and... it would be nice if Pantera did not come back at all. Because the only way people will enjoy Pantera is if it was Dimebag Bagdero, if it was Philip Anselmo, if it was Rex Brown, and if it was Vinnie Hall. Though that is how you're supposed to have a Pantera reunion. Now, the other thing you have to think about is the only way this Pantera reunion will happen is if Rex Brown... Vinnie Paul and Dimebag Darrell sit and have a conversation with Philip Anselmo. That's it. Because you have to remember, if any of you guys have kept up with the documentaries, I remember, and I'll say this because I'm a metalhead in my own right, I remember a long time ago when I started, I think it was 2000, as a matter of fact, it was 10, uh, 10 years ago, where let's see, wait, we're in 2000, no, 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 It, yes, it was, was it 10 years ago or was it 20 years ago? No, it was 20 years ago, it was 20 years ago. It was 20 years ago, I was watching a show called Uranium, right, Uh, I, I switched from the Omnivision to Time Warner Cable at the time, and I used to watch a show called Uranium, right, and... There was this uh, group called Super Joint Ritual that came out. And when I saw this group, I looked at it and I was like, wait a minute. Is, is that fucking is that Phil- Philip Anselmo? And when, when I heard Super Joint Ritual, I thought it was good stuff. I thought Superjoint Ritual was an awesome band. But I kept wondering, even a lot of other fans were wondering themselves, what happened to Pantera? You know, what, what was the whole what was the whole situation? I mean, why why hasn't why hasn't this surfaced? Why why haven't we ta- have heard anything about Pantera? So this was a surprise to Vinnie Paul. It was even a surprise to Diamond and Rex Brown. Because they didn't even know because from what I think it was Vinnie Paul who said when uh, I think Philip was going to take some time off and was going to get some... Because he had problems with his back, right? I don't think I remember, I remember hearing something about that, having problems with his back. But all of a sudden, he went from having problems with his back to he's going to start super joint ritual. And that was like, oh, wow. And that was, that's what really where everything really started when you think about it, because listen... Pantera was a badass band. Pantera is one of the most destructive bands in all of America, all right? Pantera, I consider them to be one of the most dangerous bands in all of music, okay? That's, that's my opinion. That's my thought. Some people have been saying that the NWA was the most dangerous a dangerous group in all of music. They may be dangerous in the rap community. In the metal community, Pantera is fucking dangerous. That's my opinion. That's my thought. That's how it goes. But the fact, the fact that, you know, that this took place, you know, there has to be a talk within the members of Pantera. There has to be talk within the members of, uh, themselves, especially within the members, because if you heard the history, if you've heard the stories, if you've heard everything that needed to go down, you know, then there may have been a family, there may have been a Pantera reunion somewhere down the road. I mean, that would have been something, that, something good to happen. And don't give me this shit about, oh, well, I bet you anything, um, uh, this, uh, you know, Philip Anselmo ha- was responsible for what happened. No, Philip wasn't involved in that shit for any reason. All right. He didn't even know. He may have had some hateful words to say about the guys, which I wouldn't be surprised if he said any of these things. But look, don't blame, don't blame him for what happened to Dimeback. Don't blame him. Don't even blame him for Vinnie Paul. Don't even blame him for any of those things. Okay? It's not a conspiracy. To all these idiots that want to go in the conspiracy era, look, listen, don't, don't try to play detective on something that looks very simple to look at. Okay? My conclusion of this whole thing is this. Pantera, to me, I'm I'm glad it's out there, but it won't be the same. It won't. It's going to be short-lived. It's not going to last. But if the fans do enjoy it, and you have to also also understand the limited amount of fans you're going to get. It's not New York. It's not California. It's not Florida. It's not any of these places. It's not any of these places that you're going to get the approval from. You want the approval? You get it from New Orleans or Texas. Especially here in Texas. Because I'll guarantee you, you come to Texas, we will either tell you we want this Pantera to stay or we want it out. That's it. A Pantera reunion without the two original members is ludicrous. Is insane. And look, I love, I, you know, I, one day I will sit back with Mike Rod, <laughs> Tony Khan, if you will. I will sit back with Mike Rod and have a conversation with him, drinking a couple of beers, uh, some black tooth grin. <laughs> and we, we will ask the question, should there be a Pantera Union? I bet you Mike Rod's answer will probably be yes, but it will also be no, because he knows it's not the same without the two members. And it's the truth because, look, it's not. It's never going to be the same. And for people to keep saying, we want a Pantera union, we want a Pantera union, we want a Pantera union, we want a Pantera union. Here's the thing it would be nice to have a Pantera union if if the original members were still around, if Dimeback Derrett was not shot and Vinnie Paul wasn't dead. That's the point of it. And also, look, listen. I. I, I, I wish Pantera was around I really I really do I really do because in a time and an age when, when Metal was dead and Alternative came in Pantera came up and said fuck it fuck this Alternative bullshit we're going to bring Metal into a whole new level and they did they took it to a whole new level they brought it to something we've never heard of before and it's incredible it is incredible now To close this out because (laughs) this segment was only supposed to be about the wrestling news and then we talked a little bit about the anniversary of John Lennon and everything else like that. To close this out because we're only a few minutes away from ending this part of the segment here. Let me go by saying this. Pantera is now around but it's not the same. Now I don't know how other people feel about it. Some people do like the idea of Pantera being out there and others wish Pantera were still around, the real Pantera, you know, and if there was going to be a real Pantera, the biggest question is, would the members of Pantera get along and be able to think about the fans instead of themselves? Would they? That's a good question to think about. And also, would Philip Anselmo admit that he did wrong by not in, not letting him know about Super Joint Ritual? Because I don't even think they even knew. They didn't know until it was out there. And a lot of people were... You know, putting out news... and Skepticism of the... The end of Pantera. And let's face it. Pantera ended in 2002. It was done. And then when Damage Plane came along... I thought Damage Plan was a good band. It wasn't going to be the same as Pantera. But it was... Um, it was new. Newfound power. And I bet you anything... That had Dimebag Daryl not got shot, I bet Newfound Power would have probably have had maybe three albums three albums come out that decade in, two, in, in the 2000s. And if there was going to be a hell yeah, it may happen. But I bet you anything hell yeah and Damage Plan would have probably have come together and become a supergroup of some kind. But to close this, because we're almost, we're almost out of time... My thoughts on the forty. Where are we? Forty-two. Forty-two year anniversary of the death of <clears throat> of the death of John Lennon. My thoughts um, about well, happy and happy eighteenth anniversary. Happy, happy forty. 40- Let me try this one more time. Happy forty-second anniversary of John Lennon. And happy 18th anniversary to Dimebag Daryl. You two still mean a lot to the world in every way possible. And you, your names and your music in every way possible will never, ever be forgotten. And to Nathan Gale, you stupid, psychopathic son of a bitch. On behalf of all the Pantera fans, on behalf of all the metalheads, on behalf of every single mental stability person all across the world, I'm just going to say this, and I'm sorry, but I'm glad you're dead, motherfucker, and Pantera for life, bitch! football season is here and that means that everybody is going to be going to their house to go ahead and check out some of their favorite football teams from the Dallas Cowboys to the Houston Texans to the San Francisco 49ers to the Green Bay Packers and much much more but Why just be at your house and check out the football games? We can go ahead and head over to Rich's Billiards and check out the games themselves. As you guys know, most of the football games that take place on Mondays and Thursdays and Sundays. And if you guys want to go to either one of those dates, you can. All you got to do is head over to Rich's Billiards, go check out the game, order yourself some beer, order yourself some food, maybe shoot some pool with some friends and family in every way possible. Now, besides all that, you know that Rich's Billiards, not only do they have some great beers, some great food, some great company, but they also have some great, great events happening in the next few months. You know that in October, there's going to be a big event happening at Rich's Billiards that includes... Our good friends at Emo Night, and they are fixing to present their biggest Emo Night to date, which will take place live Saturday, October 15th. Be there as early as you can. It will take place live featuring several bands involving, and if you guys want to get there as early as you can, do so. Saturday, October 15th. It should be one epic event. And with all that being said, besides all of those things that are going to happen, you can come in and check out some boxing, check out some football, check out some basketball, some baseball. We're getting closer and closer to the World Series. So if you guys want to check out the World Series, you can head over to Rich's Billiards and check out everything that happens at my favorite place of all time riches billiards 5815 weber not your average heroes the legend continues this episode is sponsored by the main event talk podcast i am the main event player the super c kid himself and i approve this message
7: william regal oh is this a story i remember, I remember when i was one. mocked and ridiculed for this story Oh, what's what? William Regal will reportedly start back with the WWE in early 2023. You know, here's what Dave wrote in The, uh, the Observer. I believe there's something that's going on here. Uh, multiple stories regarding his contractual status. He said, I've had so many different people tell me so many different stories. The primary source story is that his contract was short-term. WWE side said that he had an out. So here's the thing, everybody. I don't know what happened. I don't want to say that I think that my version is correct. I don't know what happened. But what I like to do when there's alternate stories is I like to think, this is stupid, I like to think logically, okay? So here are the two stories. One story is that he signed a short-term deal. His deal is coming up. And he is going back to WWE. The other story from the WWE side is that he had an agreement that if Triple H returned to power, he would be allowed to go back to WWE. Okay. Now people have ridiculed the idea of that. All right. So let's Why? look at let's look at the two stories. Well, they're they're like, well, how come no one else signed a deal like that? Oh come on. Okay. Now hold on. Listen. Right, Good. Go okay. First off. William Regal is not vying for the world title. He's not wrestling. He's out there as a manager. He ended up being a manager for the Blackpool Combat Club. I don't think he was signed for, like, high six figures. I think that there's a decent chance that they contacted him after he had been released. And he was willing to do it. But he's very, very loyal to Triple H. Triple H has saved his job multiple times. And whether it was an actual clause or a verbal agreement... It was like if he comes back i would like to return and tony does a lot of things for his guys and he was like okay i agree to that i think that that is the most likely scenario because this is not a story that came out of wwe two weeks ago this has been a story that's been talked about in nxt going back months and months and months they believed that months ago before any of this ever happened okay now the other idea is well he signed a short-term deal well, first off, when he signed, we heard it was a multi-year deal. We didn't hear that it was a short-term deal. Second, he signed a nine-month deal. Not, not a year. I was like, I don't want to commit to a year. I'll give you nine months. So nine months ago, he thought, you know, I have this feeling that in December... Vince will have been removed from power, and Triple H will be running the main roster. So therefore, I'll ask for a nine-month deal, which will expire just in time for me to return. Maybe he signed a nine-month deal. But to me, of the two options, he somehow knew that something was going to happen, and in nine months, Triple H would be in power, and that'd be a great time to return. That's A. Or B... He had an agreement with Tony that, listen, I'm much, I, I, I like it much better staying in Florida. I don't really want to travel. I'm willing to do it. But if something happens, I would like to go back. And Tony said, I respect you. They all respect you. I will give you that. That's what I think is more likely. We'll get Mike's thoughts after the break. Observer Live. So, um... One of the questions was, uh, on the chat here, why, why would Regal have uh, presumed that Triple H was, was going to end up back in power, okay? And I don't, I don't know. I don't know why, but I can speculate. And that is because this guy worked with Vince McMahon forever, okay? And I mean, do we need to make a list here over the next decade of things that Vince did and went back on? over and over and over and over again william regal worked in in developmental and he worked in scouting okay do you know how many times regal was told that there was a change in scouting and we are in fact we know about it because of the email that mjf read how many times was there a change in the way that wwe is doing scouting we only want people 6-2 we only want people 225 we don't want any wrestlers the, la- the, the most recent time they did that, I mean, the day the day it happened, we were like, this ain't going to last. You know what? It didn't last, okay? So, Triple H was removed from his position as head of developmental, and they started this NXT 2.0. You guys remember the first few weeks of NXT 2.0? The colors, all the green guys. The show was a horror. It was nothing like the old NXT. If you're William Regal, would you not take one look at this colorful NXT 2.0 with Vincent Dunn in charge and go, dude, there ain't no way this is going to last. There's no way. We're going to be back to the other NXT. I don't know if it'll be six months, a year, whatever. He's very close to Triple H. Triple H had a health issue in September. He signed with AEW in March, October, November, December, January, February, six months post. Triple H's his deal. And, you know, I'm sure he was talking to Triple H all the time. And by February, March, he probably had a good idea that, you know, this guy's doing right. And did anybody think we were never going to see Triple H in WWE again, doing anything? Like, we'd never see him again. So, I don't think it's, it's a stretch at all to think that he talked to Tony and said, you know, I'm really loyal to this guy. This NXT 2.0 thing—it ain't working. It's nothing like it used to be. This deal of only not looking for pro wrestlers—like it's not going to work out. You know, I—I I think that at some point it's going to go back to the way it was. And I don't want to travel. I'd rather stay at home. I'm—I'm—I've got health issues. You know, he's talked about his health issues. You know, it's probably not fun being on the road in airports every week. I can totally see him talking to Tony, and you know, he and Danielson are close him and Moxley are close you know, they all respect this guy greatly, I can absolutely see something like this happening I think that's way more likely than I'm going to sign a 9 month deal actually less than that, March, April, May, June, July August, September, October, November yeah, 9 months, I'm not very good at math but I find it far more likely to do that than, I want to sign exactly a 9 month deal because I think in December, it'll all be different, and I'm going to want to go back But I don't know. All I know is it looks like he's going back. The odds he signed a nine-month deal are...
5: That's just too perplexing for me to even, like, comprehend something like that. I mean, he probably did sign for a year or signed for three years, but actually had enough foresight to go, I want this in my contract. Okay? It, It doesn't... There's a no. There's no trade. Con, there's all these things that you can put in a contract. If you have a lawyer and the lawyer knows what they're doing, and you know what system and what profession that you're in, after all of these years, certain things that you are required, you are going to want. And if Tony Khan said okay to that, which I don't see why he wouldn't say okay to thirty sixty days, this will be the out. And if Triple H actually gets back in charge we will go ahead and release you now let's just say samoa joe was looking for that because samoa joe wasn't fired once but twice the second time after he was brought back by triple h after his father-in-law cut him then he was cut again for an active wrestler i would ask for that if i'm tony khan i wouldn't give that to him or i would put a lot of restrictions on it but in the case of william regal There was no way to know, flat out, if you're on Tony Khan's side, I would assume, that a letter was sent to the Wall Street Journal, and all of a sudden, after Stephanie's gone, Triple H is gone, things are going to start falling apart for Vince. But they did. And it looks like William Regal took advantage of just having a clause in his contract, and is now out. They're talking about Regal. Everything is talked about. Regal will not show up until after the beginning of the year, which would make... 30 or 60 days, I guess 30 days at this point, maybe 60. There's all these conspiracies as to this story with William Regal when this part of the story seems really simple. That's, That's it. I mean, I don't know why people, I know why people want to dig into it more, but this just seems to me as... You have a good agent, a good lawyer, and you actually knew what you were doing when you signed. And unfortunately, it didn't work for AEW, and it backfired on Tony Khan because Vince was out of power.
7: Well, the other that thing seems here, That hold simple. On. The other thing is, people are looking at this too much as, well, who could have possibly known Vince would be removed and Hunter would take over? The It's not about that. No. I don't think, I don't think that William Regal wants to go back and be on the road for Raw and SmackDown every week. I think that he would prefer to live near the Performance Center, have to drive there and back, largely be at home, and not have to deal with all the travel and the stress and everything. I would bet you anything, I shouldn't say that because I don't know, but my gut feeling is that if he returns to WWE, he will be doing a backstage role at NXT, I don't think... I mean, it's possible he'll do the main roster and travel everywhere, but I bet you anything he's going back to the NXT job. That's... I mean, he, his his role was scouting and mentoring, and he was an on-screen character here and there. But, you know, what a, what a job. G- making good money to live near the Performance Center and just drive to and from work a few days a week and, you know, help these young guys out, and his son is there... I mean, that's what I think he's going back to do. Not like be a, uh, I mean, maybe we'll find out I'm wrong. He'll be a
5: liaison for Japan.
7: Look, and if they want to do more scouting, they've opened up, you
5: know, Stephanie talked about, you know, and obviously it's pie in the sky because they've talked about it a lot with buying another group. One of Triple H's big things that he wanted to do with NXT was have NXT Mexico, NXT UK, all these things that obviously under Vince weren't going to happen. But now we're hearing rumblings of that again. This is not rocket science to me, and I see that, well, I I would have never given him that. Then you wouldn't sign him. Then you wouldn't sign him. So if that's what Regal wanted, and again, everybody's got different things in their contracts. And for a guy who is non-wrestling, who didn't have to be a manager, who could have done a lot of things for AEW, and for all I know, has done a lot of things for AEW that aren't on screen what does it I, I, again to come up with conspiracies on this one makes absolutely no sense to me at all? Zero, zero sense. So, William Regal leaving AEW, um,
3: it, um, I don't think it comes to a surprise to anybody as to why he left, why, why it took place, why it happened the way it did. Um, I think, in my personal opinion, um, William Regal is a very respected uh, professional wrestler. He, he's been around uh, professional wrestling for many, many years. I still remember him when he was the World Television Champion in WCW, you know. And um, <clears throat> when he was in WWE, he uh, he had a tremendous he had a tremendous amount of success. I think he had much more success in WWE than he did in WCW. When he became the general manager for NXT. I thought he was the perfect man for the job. He was a man that had always wanted to scout out new talent and has always wanted to bring in new talent and bring him into the fold of NXT and then also bring him to the fold of WWE. This year, when he had arrived, it was a surprise. It was a shock. I didn't think that someone like William Regal would actually show up to AEW. It was a surprise to a lot of people. But I I always thought that <clears throat> I always thought that there would be a point where William Regal would probably come back and maybe be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Because when you think about this extremely close, nobody has thought about this yet. But I think William Regal being a WWE Hall of Famer because let's face it, he's got all the credentials. He's been champion. He's wrestled all over the world. He is truly one of the best wrestlers, one of the one of the best wrestling minds in the history of this business. Now, for him to show up in AEW, you would think he would help out and mentor several, not only of the people he had mentored, but he would have also have, you know, <clears throat> he would have helped out some of the younger talent. Now, from the moment Regal um, helped out MJF to become world champion, I thought, okay, well, this may work out, this may be perfect. But I always think that William Regal would come back to the WWE someday because of the fact that Triple H you know came, came on board. You know Triple H is now the new guy running the show. everyone, always, everyone has to have a conspiracy theory of, why <clears throat> why William, why William Regal is out why is he you know why is aew treating him like this? Now the thing that I heard about it was that I think William Regal saw the writing on the walls. I think he saw the fact that when he when he saw how aew was being run And when he saw how the company was being treated, he wanted nothing to do with it. And I can almost assure you that he didn't want anything to do with that company at all because of what had happened. Now, let's face it. William Regal, unquestionably, is a respected wrestler. is one of the most respected superstars in the history of professional wrestling. But the thing with William Regal is he's someone that understands professional wrestling and anybody would be a lot of people would be glad to take his advice but in AEW they don't take advice they, and, and that's the thing that I find and it doesn't surprise me at all once again when you have all of these, these green guys and let's call it we see it there's a lot of green guys in AEW some that really, really need the talent. Really need the work. Really need to put themselves in a position... Where they can become bigger stars than they already are. I always think nowadays... And the way the company is being structured... I always feel like... The company now, more than ever... AEW is going on three years. right? And you would have figured that they would have learned how to be better wrestlers. You would have thought that they would have been, they would have learned automatically as to how, how to become a better wrestler, how to become a better superstar, and how to show that they are much more than just a bunch of flipping flops and everything else like that, right? Instead, some of these so-called journalists, some of these so-called and, and, and I'm sorry to say it, but wrestling observers do not see what other people have already seen. And that is, AEW is a self-trained promotion that, that feels that it doesn't need to get advice from veterans. It doesn't need to get advice from people that have already done what they've done before. Okay? They don't need that. What they want to do is do it themselves, become more unique... And become the hottest wrestling promotion going. Well, then how's that working out for you? It's not working out as good as you think. Because just think about this extremely close. If William Regal was leaving because, number one... Well, because he had had an out clause in his contract. So, I think that's smart. I think that's very, very smart of him to do that. Number two, um, I think if he heard about Triple H leaving the company, then this would be the perfect move for him to go back to the WWE because let's face it he was released because of Vince McMahon I would have never released it a William Regan I would have never released him at all but when the, t- I, I, I bet when the time is right for William to be released it would have been on his terms and I also think that it would have been um, best for business if Triple H wanted him to go because they've, they've been close friends for a long long time And I think that it would have been best for business if Triple H would still keep him. And if he wanted him to leave, I think Triple H would probably tell him it's your call. However you want to do it. You know? So, in AEW, William Regal sees these green guys, all of these guys that are self-trained. And he tries to mentor them. He tries to help them. There are some that do need the guidance that do need the help. And then there are others like like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Hangman on the page, especially Hangman, who had mentioned in the past that he never took advice, which is ridiculous. Which is stupid. I mean if I was if I was in the wrestling business I would have taken advice from these men and understood where they came from and understood why they are successful and how they've been successful for this long. I I could never take advice from young guys. I can really never... I can never... Because the young guys in wrestling these days think they know it all because they do gymnastics. Because they do these flips and flops. I've always felt that wrestling has several different dynamics. And the dynamic is this one side, you have serious wrestling. You have serious wrestlers who want to take their craft seriously, who want to become a top guy, who want to draw money for a company, who want to draw money for themselves. That's a serious part of the wrestling business. Um, when, you have <clears throat> when you have these clown wrestlers, all they want to do is make poke acts, make fun of the business. That's what they want to do. They don't want to take professional wrestling seriously. They don't want to be the serious guy. They want to be the funny guy. They want to be the one that makes you laugh. They want to be the one that is poking fun at wrestling in any way that they can. And then you got your uh, then you got your young punks. Your, the ones that that want to be top guys but they want to be top guys in their own right they want to take wrestling to a whole new level uh, a level that they 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 don't want to be in the same level as the serious guys because they think they could draw up on money by doing all the flips all the flops and everything they they under they know the business because they wrestled in japan they've wrestled in 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 the uk they've wrestled in australia they've wrestled in all these other promotions and they've held on to every single championship and can tell you that they're the greatest of all time when they have not proven anything to any of the veterans, when they haven't proven anything to any of the other promotions out there that they've not worked for, and let's call it, we see it, they've not worked for the WWE. They've been a part of WWE before, but they've never been in there to a capacity to where they could be taken seriously, because let's face it, if you would have looked at the young bucks from years and years ago, you wouldn't take them seriously. I remember Dave Meltzer, and I think I've mentioned this several times before where Dave Meltzer had mentioned that the young bucks are the modern day version of the midnight express. And I kind of found that to be very, very insulting because when I look at, when I look at the, um, when I look at the Young Bucks... I look at them as a modern day version of the Hardy Boys. And they look exactly like the Hardy Boys. They do everything like the Hardy Boys. They dress like the Hardy Boys. They're young like the Hardy Boys. They have every trademark of the Hardy Boys. So you can't sit there and tell me... That they are not a young version of the Hardy Boys. Now, to put to put this out... William Regal... Understood and realized that he had to leave AEW, and I think it was travel issues. I think that was one of the reasons, but I think it was also because of immaturity when it comes to management. Because let's face it, uh, management management cannot take their business seriously. And I bet you anything, I bet you anything, when William when William Regal heard about CM Punk, because let's face it, William Regal. I think he likes CM Punk also. I think he understood that management is not going to change who they are. I bet you in 2023 they're not going to be able to change anything about what they are and continue to do the things that they're doing. Right? So, <clears throat> for William Regal to leave, for William Regal to leave AEW was the right call on his part. Now he can he can do what he wants. And, and it was sad the way they, that he was taken off of television because MJF nailed him right from behind. Put him in a stretcher and then that was it. And now all the reports are coming in saying that uh, he's gone. He's headed back to WWE. And I think Tony Khan understood that. And I think Tony Khan, I, I think he's already starting to have this part where... The, the reports are going to come in about did he, was he aware of William Regal leaving and I know some people will probably want to ask Tony that question Tony will never answer that question because he's always said no comment every single time when he does stuff like that so this kind of now brings up a question who else is going to leave who, who else is going to leave AEW because let's face it there are some that want to remain loyal to the company, right? There's some that want to remain loyal with this company because they want to see it, they want to see it succeed. But also, a lot of other people want to see it succeed as well. But what they want to see out of AEW is a lot more maturity and less immaturity. And that's what I think the... AEW doesn't have The WWE has some immature guys But also they have more mature guys Than they do immaturity And And let's face it WWE has a better product WWE has better superstars WWE has a the, Their greatest storyline right now Is the whole thing that's happening with um, The the bloodline And it's the hottest thing going In all of pro wrestling They've their their storyline. They don't really have anything big, other than MJF, you know. So it's it's sad to see, or it's sad to see what this company has become, you know. And William Regal to leave is. Not a surprise. Uh, Would he take a role? If he goes back to WWE, it will be in 2023. Will he take his role back as NXT general manager? Honestly, I think NXT does need a general manager for right now. I, I, I personally feel that they need a general manager on Raw and SmackDown just to keep everything in line, just to keep everything in order. Because let's face it. I mean, when, when you think about this extremely close, the thing right now with WWE is it is good as how it is right now. They need to have a general manager there still. They need to have one because <clears throat> to keep things in order and in line and also with William Regal coming back. I mean, who knows? He could be a SmackDown general manager or he could be a Raw general manager or he could be just back in his old role as NXT a general manager the thing that the WWE needs now is they do need a general manager for either one of the shows or how about just William Regal well I don't think he would do that but if he could just be the general manager for all three brands that would be good too but to go ahead and close this out William Regal leaving was not a surprise. William Regal leaving was, I think, the best thing that could have ever happened to him. And whatever the future holds for William Regal from here on out, I think it will be a matter of time. And let's face it, it will be a matter of time before Regal comes back. And when he does come back, it's going to be... Uh, pretty good to see William Regal come back, and it's also going to be very bad for AEW because it's going to lead to a lot of people wondering, you know, why did he leave? Why did he have to leave? And also, why couldn't AEW just be, just be more understandable, and try to get their guys to realize that look, they need advice, they need to be taken seriously, but if not. 2023 is not going to be a good year for AEW If they continue to do the stuff that they're doing Because all the reports are coming They'll all say one thing And they'll, then there'll be people like me That realize, hey AEW is a good promotion It is immature And it's not It's not leading anything By example If they continue to do stuff like this every time
0: fine for such a thing, what in the world? The Ring of Terrible era has begun. Whoa! Chaos is where order no longer exists.
2: Whoa! The
0: battle is forged in chaotic fires.
2: I'm changing what
1: Ring of Honor is. I'm gonna desecrate its legacy. Ring of Honor Wrestling presents Final Battle, live Saturday, December 10th, at a special start time.
3: Okay, so final battle is going to be taking place later on today, and as this episode is being released, uh, we know that the Ring of Honor's final battle event is not going to take place at seven uh, at seven o'clock or six o'clock, as far as we know it right now. As far as we know, we know that the event's going to happen right around at, uh, right around four o'clock, or here in, here in the states, or here in Corpus Christi. I'm sorry. It will probably start around three o'clock, my guess. Because let's see, if they say four o'clock, no, no, actually, wait a minute. Uh, Wait a minute. They're in Arlington, Texas. So if they start at four, that means we're gonna start here at four o'clock as well. So that means the pre hour show or whatever hour it is is gonna start around three o'clock. So that's when, okay, so now it's starting to make sense now. Okay, because if this was any other state, if this was, because uh, usually Final Battle would take place in Baltimore or in Maryland or somewhere around there, you know. Pan, uh, for Final Battle to start early is good because just think, just think about all the other events that are going to happen. There's going to be a soccer event happening. There's going to be not one but two boxing events are going to happen. NXT's uh, deadline is going to happen. Um, what, what other event do we have? Uh, UFC 282. That's going to take place as well. And also, boy, it's going to be quite interesting seeing what's about to go down and everything else like that. So um, let's see if we can get into Final Battle effective immediately. Just so we can get everything out of the way. Final Battle. Let's see. Here we go. Mm -hmm. There's the Ring of Honor stuff. There's this. Ah, Here we go. Hmm. (coughs) Ah! (coughs) <coughs> to other, uh, please do not scroll. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's always these stupid little things that that people want us to scroll into. We don't want to watch it. We don't care. Okay, so we've got a total of oh dear God, twelve fucking matches. Twelve fucking matches. They couldn't just keep it at a good ten or nine. They have to put it at ten, huh? Interesting. <laughs> Well, anyways, let me go ahead and uh, read into all the matches that are going to happen and give you my predictions on every single one of them. We'll start at the very, very bottom right here. Tag match. Blade Christian and A.R. Fox to take on La La Faction. Uh, that would be Rouge and... Um, Dra- Dralistico, Dralistico or Mystico, or whatever he's called now. Um, uh, obviously, we're gonna go. We're gonna go with La. la I, I seriously doubt that fl- um, Blake Christian and Aaron Fox are gonna win this match in any way possible. So we'll go with um, La Faction La Faction Indoblable. Do- we'll just go with Rouge, and we'll go with uh, Dralistico. okay, we'll go with that, all right, all right, next one is a double dog collar match for the AEW, or for the a- Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles, these two met twice, and FTR had won twice, and now they get the chance to meet him for the third time in a dog collar match for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles, I hate to say this, um, if FTR win the titles, I don't have a problem with that. But I don't really see a pro I don't really see a problem giving the third deciding fall to the Briscoes. I, I really don't see that. I really don't see a problem with that. So I like FTR, but I'm gonna go with the Briscoe's to retain to become the new Ring of Honor World Tag. They'll be what, 13, 14 time tag team champions now? Man. Greatest tag team of all time. Greatest tag team for the both of them. Hell yeah. Six-man tag team matchup for the Ring of Honor World six-man tag team titles. It's going to be Dalton Castle and the boys to take on the Gates of Agony, which will feature Bishop Khan and uh, Toa Leona and Brian Cage, the Embassy. So it's Dalton Castle and the boys to take on the Embassy for the six-man tag team matchup. We're going to go with... Well, I still want Duncan Castle and the boys to become tag team champions. I still want them to hold on to those titles. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just to represent. But I have a feeling the embassy may pull it off. But we'll see what happens. This is interesting. Swerve in our glory of Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee will take on Shane Taylor promotion. Shane Taylor and JD Griffin. Now, look, listen. To all of you people who don't know who they are, I, I, obviously, I don't know who JD Griffin is. Um,. My guess is he's probably a part of Shane Taylor Promotions. That would be my guess. And also, another thing that you would have to consider is that, let's see. Shane Taylor Promotions have had, what, two or three members of of their stable? I don't know if they went on or not, but we'll see what happens. I'm going to actually go with Shane Taylor Promotions to win this. And something's going to happen between Swerve and... Between Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee, it's just way too damn obvious. You know what I'm saying? Way too damn obvious. Singles match for the Ring of Honor World Television Champion, Samoa Joe. Take it on Juice Robinson. Oh, dear God, Juice, with all due respect. Dude, you're not, you're not, you're you're not, you're not, okay, you're not. Joe wins, hands down, it's over. This one's going to be another interesting matchup. Uh, singles match for the Ring of Honor Women's World Heavyweight Championship. Mercedes Martinez to, to go up against Athena. This will be good. And when you think about it, extremely close. They're in Arlington, Texas. So that means that Athena's gonna win. I love Marcina, I love Mercedes Martinez. As I think she's been ring of honor. She's been, she's been ring of honor. Women, women's world. Show. Am I the only one that just realized she's been champion for over a year? Am I right? I'm. I i could be I could be wrong, but I think she's been championed for over a year now, you know but anyways um Athena to win it and Marce- mercedes martinez i'm hoping will happen, but we shall see uh let's see Daniel Garcia to take on wheeler Yuda I hope daniel loses i-, re- I there's there's <sighs> Honestly, I can't get into this dude anymore. I can't. He had promise, he had hope. Now he's with. Oh, I just hope We becomes champion again. I, I hope so. I really do. Pure wrestling. Um pure wrestling rules match for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. This one is going to be Stupid! Singles match for the Ring of Honor World Championship. If Claudio Castagnoli loses, he will join the Jericho Appreciation Society. Chris Jericho versus Claudio. Claudio has to win. He has to win. Because this thing with Chris Jericho is stupid and needs to go away now. Okay? The Jericho Appreciation Society... Needs to go the fuck away. That's my opinion. That's my thought. That's how it rolls, all
1: right? Come right into the face. Oh, God.
3: Okay, next match is a singles matchup. Mascara Dora... uh, Mas... And I can't... It's in Spanish, obviously. Mascara... Mascara Dora... Dora di, Mascara... Dora da. Mascara Dorada. I think I got that right. Holy shit. Taking on Jeff Cobbs. Ah, yes. Jeff Cobbs, who uh, wrestled in New Japan. Also wrestled in Ring of Honor. And I believe he was also that masked man in Lucha Underground. I don't care who wins this matchup, but I'm going to go with Jeff Hobbs. Jeff Cobbs. Uh, Je- Je- Corner the Cobb, fuckers. Okay. Tag team match. Jericho Appreciation Society members Angelo Parker and... Matt Marauder, and you know who those two morons are, taking on uh, the Shinobi Shadow Squad of Cheeseburger. Oh, God, here we go again. I forgot about this team. Let's see. Shinobi Shadow Squad and Cheeseburger. Nice kid. Will somebody change this guy's fucking name? Coming to the ring right now is Cheeseburger. Going one on one against French fries. Yeah. What a fucking match. It's very delicious to watch. Holy God. Change his fucking name. Please, change his fucking name. I don't care how entertaining it is. Change his fucking name, all right? A black man called Cheeseburger doesn't make any fucking sense. It it makes more sense than a black man called French, fr- uh, Fried fr- uh, Da. God! God, change your fucking just change change your, for the love of God,
1: change a fucking name. Oh God,
3: oh! Okay, I just have to get that out.
1: It's ridiculous. It's stupid.
3: But anyway. Cheeseburger to take on Eli. (laughs) Cheeseburger (laughs) I'm I'm sorry, this is just ridiculous (laughs) Okay Let me try this Let me try this one more time Two of the members of the Jericho Appreciation Society To take on Shinobi Shadow Squad And it consists of Cheeseburger Taking on Eli Solem Okay Know who they are Understand them We move on. Ah, this one. Oh, this is going to be a good matchup right here. The Kingdom of Matt Tabin and Mike Bennett, the former Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. And they will take on top flight from AEW of um, Darius Martin and Dante Martin. And this is going to be an incredible matchup. I'm hoping. Why the fuck? Why the fuck? ho, ho- well, I-, I would respond back. Hold on a second. <clears throat> <clears throat> Let's see, Dante Martin, the the kingdom taken on top flight. It's basically AEW versus Ring of Honor, but they're all in the re- an AEW family. But anyways, this is going to be a spectacular matchup. Now these these other four matches, this this the the last match and the, the one before that. Obviously, those are going to be the matches they're going to take uh, that they're going to be seeing on YouTube. Why would you put this match in a YouTube match? Why put it on pay per view? Top flight in the Kingdom on pay per view would be much better than on YouTube. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's the way I think. Oh wait a minute! You know, I just realized I didn't give my my prediction. Okay, uh, Shinobi Squad to lose the Jericho Appreciation Society. But they, if if they lose the cheeseburger, hold the mayonnaise with the pickles if you can. Okay, now, <clears throat> the Kingdom. And with the, if Top Flight can beat one of the best tag teams going today in the Kingdom, that would propel them into something special. But I think the Kingdom has it. The King has the Kingdom has experience. They do have. I think Maria Canellas will be there. I don't know. It hasn't said anything. And of course, the singles match up, and I think this is probably going to be a part of the countdown show right here Willow Nightingale to take on Trish Adora. That's, that's going to happen. So <clears throat> the first, let's see, one, two, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight matches for the pay per view. And one, two, three, four matches to happen on YouTube. So that's all going to take place. uh, Final battle later on today. So get an opportunity to check that out as much as you can. Remember, the zero hour is going to take place first around 3 o'clock. And then around 4 o'clock will be the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Now, keep in mind, you could get a chance to check out final battle In the afternoon, it's going to happen later on the next few hours. So if you're up and running, get yourself ready to check out Ring of Honor's Final Battle live only on pay-per-view. Hell yeah. Okay, so as we prepare for Ring of Honor's Final Battle, there's a couple of other things that I need to get out of the way here. Um, I know that um, my brother's birthday is today, right? And uh, we're going to be preparing everything for what's going to happen uh, later on today. And everything, as far as my brother's birthday goes. Uh, I also want to go ahead and uh, make mention of um, another thing. And and we got to go ahead and get this out of the way as soon as possible. Um, Let me go ahead and get this part out of the way, if you don't mind. Uh, Because this all is in relations to Rich's Billiards. uh, Not Rich's Billiards, I'm sorry. And to another event that's going to happen, and we must apologize here. And... um, and, oh, and I'm just uh, watching this on my Facebook right now. Because this all has a lot to do with our good friend, who also plays as members of the Knife Party Attributed Deftones, Matt Wood, who is graduating today. And <clears throat> I'm just noting, I'm noticing a picture of Matt Wood alongside with his lovely wife and uh, several other people there that just graduated. So I just want to go ahead and (coughs) extend my congratulations over to Matt Wood, who has been, uh, uh, I believe he's been going to, uh, this is going to be him in college, I believe. And uh, he's been there for about, I think I heard six and a half years, I believe. And uh, (coughs) he's done some tremendous work. And (coughs) let me go ahead and get the, uh, let's see if we can find, um, uh let's see what I'm looking for here. All right, so there was an invitation. There was two reminders that I got for one of the events. And uh, as a matter of fact, here we go. Uh, this one is, uh, it's called A Celebration of Woody. Uh, okay, um, Homestar, listen. L- l- let's uh, let's get this out of the way if you don't mind. Don't call him Woody. It's Matt Wood, okay? It's not Woody. Okay, he's not, he didn't come from Toy Story 2 or 1. Okay, it's Matt Wood. He's the guy that played with the spin doctors. Now, let me, <laughs> celebration of, um, look, if his name was Woody, I understand that. It fits. It works. It's Matt Wood. If you call him Matt Woody, I would have to kill you. All right. <laughs> all right. But anyways, um, uh, this is what uh, uh, it's read right here. It says Woody is graduating after six and a half years of grinding his uh, commence- uh, commitment. Commencement. Consummate. I think that's what it is. Consummate, right? His consummate is Saturday. H- okay, let me try this one more time. I. I- <clears throat> Okay, Woody is graduating after six and a half years of grinding. His cons- comments, his commencement is Saturday. Shouldn't it be his graduation? I, anyways, let me continue on December tenth, and after his. Let's put it this way. Let me, let me put it in my way so that way it will make a whole lot of fucking sense. Okay. One more time. Woody is graduating after six and a half years of grinding. His graduation is Saturday, December 10th. That actually makes a whole lot more sense if you think about it. And after his graduation, he wants all of his bros and, and his sisters or sister. All, why not his people? Okay. Anyways. God damn it, these people can't write. Anyways, he wants all of his friends to come down to some brew, barbecue, and hangs. Good God, Hector, home star, runner. I swear to God, if he were to write a book, nobody would understand it. And if I were to write a book, nobody would understand it either. But anyways, hangs. It should be on down for some brews, barbecue, and get together. All right? That would work out better. Anyways, let me continue on. We're aiming for six, but any time after or even before is good. I'll be here. I'll be it will be a BYUB. Bring your own beer. I'll have a large ice chest available. And bring your own chair if you have one. Why would I bring my own chair? I <clears throat> have some, but... <clears throat> I'm sorry. I have some, but just in case... It will also be kid-friendly. In other words, it's PG. (laughs) Or rated PG, I don't know, depending. But anyways, kid-friendly, I'll have the mic set up if anyone wants to throw down some acoustic jams or some comedy. I'll also have the UFC pay-per-view, so that's all going to take place over there and everything. <clears throat> so uh let's see here. Uh okay, so everyone pretty much everyone's going to be there. I'm not going to be there because of because it's on my brother's birthday, so they already know how the story's going to go here. Um so uh yeah, it's going to be incredible. Uh yeah, I just want to go ahead and say um, you know, congratulations go out to my good friend Matt Wood for accomplishing this. Um I know he's been he is um he's a guitarist for um Knife Party tribute to Deftones. I believe he also does One Point Oh. I think that's the other band, you know, with um, with what's his face in there. And uh, he he has a <clears throat> he's been a musician for quite a while. He is a a I think he was was he a marine? Well, I know he joined the army, but was was he a marine and everything else like that? I know I know he'd been in the army for a long long time. I knew that, but like you know, I wasn't sure if he was like a. I guess he was a marine, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway,s yeah, he's been he served our country for a very, very long time. He graduated. He's been he's been going to college for what for six years now, and he's doing pretty good for himself. So, big congratulations to Matt Wood in every way possible. Not Woody, Matt Wood. All right, Matt Wood. All right, there's Matt Congora, All right, don't call don't call Matt Congora, Gord. Okay, well Gord Gandhi. Okay, that makes a whole lot of sense. Anyways, the po- don't call him Woody, is what I'm saying. He's not wearing a top hat, all right? He does not come out on Toy Story 1 to 2. It's Matt Wood, all right? Matt fucking Wood, all right? Matt Wood. Put that out. Matt Wood! Put that out. Not Woody, all right? Not Woody. If he's around his wife having a Woody, that's a different story, okay? Leave that shit alone. But anyways... <laughs> But once again, congratulations. Go out to uh, Matt Wood. And uh, as, uh, as I said earlier, I would love to be over there. But I have to be here because of my brother's birthday, because of NXT deadline, because of Ring of Honor's final battle, because of UFC 282, because of the Manny Pacquiao fight. And I believe there's soccer involved. And there's going to be, be a lot. There's going to be a lot of other events that are going to be happening uh, this week, but I wanted to go ahead and get this out of the way And I wanted Matt, Matt's Wood name To be mentioned on the May Vet Talk podcast Because I've mentioned John Luna's name many times I've mentioned Hector's name many times I've mentioned several of my friends' names here Matt Wood, who I've known I've known Matt Wood since uh, In the South Park days, a long time ago I believe it was back in 1990 um, He was in the same group with myself and Joseph Zodage and Roman Ramos and Adam Ramos and everything. So we kind of all clinched together, you know, he he knew Ant- uh, Mark Anthony Bantoja, he knew uh several other people in South Park and um you know, an incredible guy, very intelligent man can be a dick sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 he he will he will tell you that to your face. I'll tell you that right now. He will tell you that, you know and I I, I've known Matt Wood a long time and everything so um and and yes and and just go ahead and make this one comment and um I I know I've known his mother and I've known his father and I will tell this personally to him you know if he's listening to this uh yes Matt your mom would definitely be proud of you at this time and that's coming from the main event so congratulations to you Matt and um very, very happy for you, dude. And if I can find a way to get over there, I'll probably... Honestly, you know what? I think I may probably be there. But I'll probably be there right after my brother gets drunk, done, and out the window. And I probably will take a Ubert over there if I can. But that's just me, though. But uh, we'll see what happens. Nonetheless, big congratulations to you, Matt Wood. And not Woody. Just to get, <laughs> get that out of the way. And also... And uh, very very happy for your success and everything and I wish you nothing but the best Matt good job my friend and um, keep it grinding my friend keep it grinding
0: NXT is a brand focusing on developing the superstars of tomorrow but also a brand focused on innovation On Saturday, December 10th, at NXT Deadline, we will present to you a revolutionary new match never done before in WWE history, the Iron Survivor Challenge. There will be two Iron Survivor Challenges at NXT Deadline, one for the men and one for the women. Five superstars will compete in this unique 25-minute match. They will battle each other and the clock. Two superstars will start the match. Every five minutes, a new superstar will enter until all five are in the ring. The goal of the match is to have the most falls, when the clock gets 25 minutes. Falls can be won at any time, via penfall, pinfall, through submission, or disqualification. When a superstar wins a fall, they will earn one point. However, when the superstar loses a fall, they must pay the penalty. They are forced out of the ring and into the penalty box for 90 seconds. Once the 90 seconds are up, that superstar can re-enter the match. The superstar who has scored the most falls when the clock hits 25 minutes will be named the Iron Survivor and become the number one contender for the NXT Championship. The superstars competing in this one-of-a-kind, first-time-ever match will be announced in the coming weeks. Thank you, and we'll see you Saturday, December
3: 10th at NXT Deadline. Okay, so earlier we talked about Ring of Honor's final battle which is going to be taking place in the afternoon. But for tonight, we have NXT Deadline. That's going to take place live, the final event for WWE, the final PLE before we get into 2023. Let's get into some of the matches that are going to take place at NXT Deadline. Sean Michaels had explained the concept of this whole thing and uh, looks incredible. Cannot wait to check it out. It's going to be an epic night. In every way possible, let's see. NXT deadline, here we go. Alright, so so far we've got, I think it's a total of five matches, or three matches I think to be exact. So let's look into what is going to take place as far as I see it now. Okay, so yeah, it's a total of five matches. Alright, so let's get into some of these matches. Uh, the first matchup is going to consist of... Alba Fire to take on... I think her name is Isla Dawn. I think that's what she's called. Uh, her, it, it's actually called, it's spelled I S L A Dawn. Dawn is D A W N. So it's Alba Fire taking on Isla Dawn. And this is going to be a good matchup here. Uh, both women used to be in NXT UK. Now they're here in NXT. So in this one, I would have to go with Isla Dawn simply because it's her. It's not her debut match, but it's her debut on this pay-per-view. So I think we're going to see her win this this match right here. Uh, Let's see. Pretty deadly to defend their NXT Tag Team Championship against one of the greatest tag teams of all time in the new day of Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. And this will be interesting because if this happens and if the... If the New Day become tag team champions, it will be the first time in history that they would win the tag team titles. And it would also be a record-breaking moment for Kofi Kingston because he will be a 15-time, 15-time tag team champion that means he would held on to uh championships from the nxt uh the raw the smackdown the world tag team titles you know he would be considered one of the greatest tag team champions of all time if that would take place pretty deadly to take on the new day that's gonna happen tonight can't wait for that this one's gonna happen uh, singles match for the NXT Championship, Braun Breaker. Oh, who is my win- uh, my pick on the tag team, by the way? Pretty deadly, it wouldn't surprise me, but I think we need to go with the New Day. Just to just to liven up NXT a little bit. Just to liven up NXT, just a little bit. But anyways, the next matchup, Braun Breaker to defend his NXT Championship against Apollo Crews. That's going to be happening tonight, uh, tonight as well. Uh, this one's going to be interesting, considering the dynamics between these two individuals. So you got the future in Braunbreaker Breaker, who has been champion for almost a year. And... Apollo Crews, who is a former United States champion and a former Intercontinental champion, has been a part of NXT for quite a while. And I've always felt like he's one of the guys that wasn't ready to leave yet. But when he showed up, when he did, you know, he did well, but he didn't really do as good as he as he would have done. But now with him back at NXT, I think this would be the perfect moment for pa- Apollo Cruz to be one of the men to not only wear the NXT championship, but also be someone to restart his career all over again. And I think that needs to happen with Apollo Cruz. And, and for Braun Breaker, let me mention this. I think if Braun Breaker loses to Apollo Crews, it wouldn't be a shame. It would be a shame at all. I'd like to see a rematch between these two probably in the next pay-per-view or maybe uh, until... maybe until the next uh, deal and everything. But um, I think... I think it would be best if Apollo Crews were to win the championship and Braun Breaker could either stay in NXT for about another few months, or he can go over to the Royal Rumble and become a participant there where he can, you know, make a difference there. So it would be it would be incredible. It would be incredible to see how all that goes down. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Apollo Crews. I, I want that to happen. I want that change to take place and I need to see something in NXT that needs to happen for Braun, uh, for uh, Apollo Crews and for Braun Breaker. So we're going to go with Apollo Crews in this one. Okay, so this is going to be interesting here. So we've got two matches that are pretty much the same. Now, we're going to start with the women's first. It's the Women's Iron Survivor Challenge to determine the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, for the NXT Women's Championship. Zoe Stark, Cora Jade, Roxanne Perez, Kiana James, and Indy Hardwell. Okay, now, let me kind of give you my main event dynamic to give you an idea exactly about how this is going to go down. Now, Zoe Stark, does this favor her? Maybe, maybe. Cora Jade does this favor her? In a way, yeah. Roxanne Perez, does this favor her? Yes, in so many ways. Kiana James, it doesn't really favor her, but I think she can make she can make the cut. She can get there. She hasn't proven anything yet that says she's worthy of being in that level. And Indy Hardwell, she needs it. She needs it more than anything. So what am I talking about? I'm not talking about who's gonna win and who's gonna lose. I'm saying who should be in this match. Zoe Stark should be in this match. Core Jade should be in this match. Roxanne Perez definitely needs to be in this match. Kiana, Kiana James is a businesswoman who looks sexy and attractive, but has not really shown me has not really shown me how if she wants it bad. You know what I mean? Indy Hardwell definitely needs to be a part of this. Definitely. So, who do I see as the winner of this match? Let's look at some of the options here. Zoe Stark still has issues with Nyla uh, Nyla Rose. um, Nikita Lyons, okay? So, that's an issue that has to be resolved, so I don't see her winning it. Cora Jade, who has had issues with... um, Who's that girl? Uh, Wendy Chu may have a problem with that, so I don't see her winning it. Let's see. Uh, Well, we'll hold on to Roxanne Perez in a minute. Uh, Kiana James has issues with. Kiana James has issues with Fallon Henley. Okay, so we know she's not going to win. That's out the window no matter what. So it all leads to Roxanne Perez and Indy Hardwell, who both have issues and who both have something that they want to prove, and they want to settle it in this deadline match. Now, I'm not, like I said, I'm I'm very unfamiliar with how this is going to go, but I'm very peculiar about who's going to win, who's going to lose, how all this is going to roll out. So I'm thinking that if things go according to plan... Things go according to plan. I'd love for Indy Hardwell to be the one to do it. But I think we need to go with the future. I think we need to go with Roxanne Perez. When you think about this extremely close, both both women have competed against Mandy Rose. Both women are way better than Mandy Rose. Let's get that out of the way. Both women are better. Roxanne Perez is better because she's a former champion. She's been into the indie scene and she's faced off against some of the best wrestlers, best women's wrestlers in the world. And not to mention the fact that she's Booker T's, you know, protege. So you can kind of understand that. Indy Hardwell, who has been a part of NXT for several years now, she hasn't really proven anything yet, but she is, you know, trying desperately to become number one. She wants to be the best. And, I, and, I, and this, is, this is a better version of Indy Hardwell than we've seen in a while. She's not good yet. And as people have been stating, she's missing something. And I'm hoping the heel turn would be the move she needs right now. I think that's what it is. So if I were to pick a winner in this match, anybody, any of these two women can beat Mandy Rose. That's my opinion. But I think we need to go with Roxanne Perez. We need to. And this is, no, this is nothing against Indy Hardwell. I think we need to go with the future. I think we need to go with something that's going to get there. But if Indy Hardwell can prove. If she does something bad. Becomes a heel and wins the whole thing. Then that's what she's been missing all along. And she'll deserve it from there. But from here. I think the fan's choice is Roxanne Perez. I think my choice is Roxanne Perez. And I think this will be the moment in 2023 when she becomes the one to dethrone Mandy Rose at NXT in 2023 for the NXT Women's Championship. All right. We got that out of the way. Now, this one, this one's a real doozy (laughs) Because because of these individuals involved. Men's Iron Survivor Challenge to determine the number one contender for the NXT Championship. And it consists of Carmelo Hayes, JD McDonough, Grayson Waller, Joe Gacy, and Axiom. Okay. <coughs> you got four heels. you got four heels and one baby face. And the four four heels that I just mentioned right now, uh, Carmelo Hayes, J.D. McDonough, Grayson Waller, and Joe Gacy, and Axiom is the only one that's a baby face. Now, I'm not saying he's going to win it. I'm not going to say that at all. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. Okay, but let's look at some of these, if you will. Carmelo Hayes, who is unquestionably has proven himself to be one of the best, still has trouble trying to adapt to the fact that every time he wins a match, sometimes he wins it. And then sometimes he wins it with the help of of uh, Trick Williams. Right. J.D. McDonough, who is one of the best wrestlers, former NXT Cruiserweight champion. Someone that has competed for the NXT United Kingdom Championship and also competed for the NXT Championship knows what it's like. He has all the experience in the world. Grayson Waller. Oh, my God. This is a low-rent version of The Miz, all right? And he is obnoxious. He's stupid, but he is he's good in the ring. He's good. He's not that good, but he's good. You know what I'm saying? Is he worth anything? No, he's not! I like to shoot shoot him off of a fuck anybody but this dude. Anybody. Grayson not Grayson Waller. Um Joe Gacy. Boy, this is <laughs> Boy, am I the only one that realizes that there are really no top stars in NXT? I mean, if Cameron Grimes were in it, I probably would like that, but he's not. Joe Gacy, a wannabe Bray Wyatt. That's what he is. But here's, here's the thing I find so funny with that. About a year ago, none of these people gave a shit about Joe Gacy. About a year ago, this guy came out looking like a fucked up minister. A year ago, this dude was booed. This guy was in the middle of the ring talking a bunch of fucking bullshit that nobody gave a flying fuck about. Then he continued on saying a bunch of stuff. He was in the ring with Braun Breaker, got his ass kicked in the process. And you want to put him in a number one contenders match. You're out of your fucking mind. Now, I'll say this. I'll say this because it's true. Joe Gacy is a good wrestler. He's small and a bit chubby, but he's a good wrestler, all right? He needs to put some clothes on. And, and I know I know what some people are saying. He, he does put clothes on. I meant in the ring, okay? I meant in the fucking ring. But the schism has been one of the most popular factions happening in NXT, alongside with the two other men that I, I, I can't pronounce them, but I know they used to be known as the Grizzled Young Veterans. And I really would like that name a whole lot better. And then, of course, we got Ava Rain, who is the daughter of The Rock. Who, boy, somebody one day is gonna say, "You're the daughter of The Rock. Stick to your fucking roots." <laughs> so I don't see. So I don't know. And then Axiom, who is really gonna be the highlight reel. And I mentioned this about uh last week, as a matter of fact. If he were to win the triple threat match, and advance forward into the deadline match, uh, the Iron Survivor Challenge, uh, he, would make, he would make a lot of stuff. All of these men will do some spectacular work. I guarantee you that. And no doubt this will probably be the, the final match or the first match of the night. So who do I see winning? Uh, Axiom is pretty good. I like him. Uh, but who, who will win this match? Well, let's look at what I've looked at earlier. So Carmelo Hayes really doesn't have anybody to feud with just yet. The word is he's probably going to go to the main roster. I don't think he's ready to go to the main roster yet. I think he needs about another year until he can really refresh himself. I think he really needs to be, you know, at the top of his game. J.D. McDonough, who's someone who, who I'm surprised he's still in this business. After all the stuff I've heard about this dude, This dude. Grayson Waller, Joe Gacy. Oh my. Just having those two names in the same ring just makes you like,
1: ah, oh, what's wrong with NXT? Oh
3: God. So <coughs> let's analyze this correctly here. Joe Gacy wins, it would be a disgrace. Grayson Waller win, it would be like The Miz all over again. When he won the World Heavyweight title a long time ago, it would be the most ridiculous
1: thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. I would throw up and say, oh, shit.
3: And I won't need the beer to do it. J.D. McDonough is someone I think that would could put a lot, pull it off. But he's already had many chances, and I think he should be out the window in this one. So if we eliminate J.D., Grayson Waller, and Joe Gacy, it, it's all down to Carmelo Hayes and Axiom. So... Let's face it, let's call it like we see it. I think Axiom and Carmelo Hayes are gonna put put on a performance, put on a show, do everything good in the ring. And I believe the winner of this match, and I think all of you will agree with me on this one, J.D. McDonough's not gonna win it. Grayson Waller's not gonna win it. Joe Gacy is not gonna win it. And I hate to say this, but Axiom is not going to win it either. So we're going to go with Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes is the future. Carmelo Hayes has the potential. Carmelo Hayes is one of the best wrestlers you see today in NXT. He's a true minivet star. I think Carmelo Hayes is going to be the one to not only shoot, but he ain't going to miss this one if he gets an opportunity at the NXT Championship. And if, if everything goes according to plan, I see, and this needs to happen, Carmelo Hayes needs to be the next NXT champion, and it needs to happen in 2023. Carmelo Hayes needs to shoot and not miss in this one. Carmelo has a lot to prove. A lot. To, he, he, some people say he doesn't have anything to prove. Yes, he has a lot to prove. He was a former North American champion. He has some spectacular matches. He had one of the best matches in NXT in all this year. Carmelo Hayes needs this to become the champion, and in 2023, I believe this will be the year that Carmelo Hayes will shoot and not miss and become NXT champion in 2023. I see that, so that's what's going to happen at NXT deadline. Uh, there were supposed to be there was supposed to be another match featuring the Creed brothers, but apparently that didn't happen. So uh, that finished off. That went down. That's over. So it's going to be those five matches that you hear about and much, much more. Check it out on NXT Deadline. Check out NXT Deadline as it happens live. On Peacock, it's going to happen. Uh, probably the show will start around maybe 6, 6.30. Everything will start around 7 o'clock, and I think it will probably end around maybe 9, 9.30, and that will be plenty of time for me to check out the UFC and check out the boxing afterwards. It's going to be an incredible weekend. Cannot wait to check it out. NXT deadline to take place live on Peacock. Get ready. Deadline is going to be one hell of a show. And I have a question
2: for you up here. Big money, Marcus, WWE. What position would you like to enter this match, Axiom? Well, that's easy. First or second. Idiots! maximize my time. That will allow me to get the most amount of falls.
5: That'll also give you the most amount of
1: time to take falls and end up in the penalty box. Well, I'll take the risk. Ideally though, I'll be first and JD will be second. Don't think for a minute that I forgot what you did to me, putting me on the sidelines three weeks ago. 25 minutes is not going to be enough.
5: Axiom, you should be thanking me that it was only weeks and not months that you were rehabbing that knee. And on Saturday, you did not need to worry about the penalty box. You need to be worried about what hospital I'm gonna put you in. Mr. McDonough, I applaud you. And I am very happy with the example you set by putting Axiom in the hospital. And I implore you to please do it again. But to answer the question, The fourth spot is the spot that I want because it'll allow me to take the advantage over each of you while you're fatigued and I will pin or fall the first three so you can end up in the penalty box for 90 seconds 90 seconds as you watch as all of your hopes and dreams drift away i will be the iron survivor and the schism's tree will grow taller
2: and its roots will grow stronger hey, hey listen nobody's gonna address the elephant in the room jd gacy you both shot your shot and you missed and Waller, Axiom, y'all shooting from the logo if you think you're gonna be the next number one contender, okay? Y'all don't want this like I want this. This shot, I've shot a thousand times in my mind, and every single time, it's been nothing but net. Hey, 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 hey! First of all, this ain't your show! It's mine! And second of all, you're getting ahead of yourself right now. You ain't won nothing yet, and the truth is, none of you have. Grayson Waller is the favorite in this. My head's on a swivel. You never know who's going to strike first. Oh! Look, it took a little bit longer than we thought, but combustible elements are exploding. What do you think, Vic? What do you think? This is about that puffer, baby. This is about setting the tone. It's about Swing it away!
3: Winter is coming on Wednesday, December 14th. Uh, that is going this is going to be the last episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast for 2023. I'm sorry. Because we are going to um we're gonna try and go out with a bang on this one. We're gonna do AEW's Winter is coming. We're going to get that out. We're going to talk about a couple of other things that are going to happen on the next and final episode of the Main Event Talk podcast before we get into 2023. So we got to get ready for that and much, much more. Okay. So these are the matches that have already been announced for winter is coming. It's going to take place over in Garland, uh, Garland, Texas. So let's see. Right here, six-man match. And you know what this one is. House of, oh, this is a different one, I'm sorry. House of Black, of Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews, with Julia, Julia Hart, and, well, they're, well supposed rest. they're supposed to wrestle. They're supposed to wrestle Winter is Coming, but I'm wondering who it is. We'll, we'll have to find that out in the next up in coming weeks. Ruby Soho to go one-on-one against Tay Mella. Mellow Ticante is what we know her as. Uh, six man tag team match. The best of seven series continues. The elite to take on that triangle. Nothing, nothing to talk about. And of course, the main event for the let's see, winner. And it says here, this is funny winner takes all match for the AEW World championship and dynamite ring which i i kind of find that to be stupid i mean why in the world should mjf take the ring anyway from from ricky starks you know stupid but so far those are all the matches that are going to happen at aew winter is coming and the main event talk podcast will be trying to at least cover some of this match and to Kind of make two thousand twenty two, you know, try to end two thousand twenty two the right way and everything. So we're gonna try and do what we can about it. So that's what's gonna happen at uh, AEW's Winter is Coming. Uh, check out Winter is Coming as it happens on AEW Dynamite this coming Wednesday night on Fe- on December fourteenth, I believe. At the episode, this episode of the Main Event Tone podcast will be released on saturday which will be on the 17th so I many of it's going to be looking forward to checking that out and uh just to kind of help you out with um uh, just kind of give you pumped up for what's going to happen at winter is coming here is the promo that everyone's been talking about the promo between mjf and ricky starks and this was definitely one of the best promo segments i've ever seen at AEW Dynamite. So let's go back to what happened this past Wednesday night between the number one contender Ricky Starks and the AEW World Heavyweight Champion, the salt of the earth himself, MJF. Let's get right into it right now. It's going to be one incredible night next week on AEW Dynamite. Winter is coming. I've already talked about several of the matches, but the main event is going to be looking forward to checking out. Ricky Starks to take on MJF for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And I'll go ahead and say this. MJF, tremendous champion, tremendous talker, has got some heat with the fans. He is going to be one of their best champions no matter what. Ricky Starks, I've always looked at him as sort of a, a rock wannabe, but... He he's no rock wannabe. He is Ricky Starks. He is what he is. Can cut a promo. Has held on to a title in this company, even though it's not really his. And he has proven that he is truly one of the best baby faces going today. So winter is coming. I'm gonna well, I'm gonna make this early prediction here. Obviously, it's gonna be MJF to win it. And if MJF wins it, he'll take both the Ring of Honor. Uh, he'll, he'll take the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And he'll also take the diamond, uh, the diamond ring, which, honestly, he really doesn't need to take that. You know? I think, if anything, I think what needs to happen is, I think, and this is something that I think will happen, I think this match will end up looking good. I think it's going to end up the point where MJF is going to go ahead and, like, say, say if Brian Danielson shows up, right? Say he shows up in the match and say m j f gets distracted by Brian Danielson, right, and he gets counted out and say Ricky Starks gets a win over m j f by a count out. Not only he may win over m j f but he gets to keep his diamond ring and and that's something I think Ricky needs to have the diamond ring, I think he needs to have that to show that he still has a chance. To be AEW World Champion in the near future, and then thus bringing in a feud between Brian Danielson and MJF, and then getting, and then getting uh, Ricky Starks to have a future title shot against either. MJF, or maybe go after the uh, TNT Championship. I don't know. But I'm hoping Ricky Starks holds on to that ring. I'm hoping he does. I'm hoping he does get a win over MJF. Because a win over MJF would be good, but also he doesn't have to necessarily win the world title. If you try to beat him, I mean, that's going to be kind of considered a burial in some ways. It's going to It's going to kind of be one of those things where you need to elevate a main event event star like Ricky Starks. You need to elevate a star like him who can prove himself every single time when he's in the ring. So I think we're going to see MJF lose to Ricky Starks, but not lose the championship. And I think Ricky Starks will be able to hold on to his diamond ring for just a little while longer. And it'll all be worth it. So that's my prediction right there. I think Ricky Starks will beat MJF, and I think he will keep his Ring of Honor. I mean, he will keep his AEW diamond uh, diamond ring, and MJF will still be the AEW World Champion, all because of the interference from Brian Danielson. I think that's what's going to happen. Can't wait to check it out. Check out Winter Is Coming live. On TBS, AEW Winter is coming to take place this Wednesday. It's going to be incredible. Cannot wait to check it out. Okay, this is a Main Event Talk exclusive and this is also uh, we're almost at the conclusion of this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. So, at the very beginning of the show, I I talked about that I was um, on my way to have a trip over to Houston, Texas. So, it was pretty cre- uh, it was pretty incredible. It's been a long time since so I've had a trip anywhere. Um the last time I had a long trip, uh, it was probably several years ago. I had went over to um I used to work at a place called the Corpus Christi Pistol and Rifle Club. And I don't really I don't really talk about the gun club that much, but I uh, I do mention it on occasions here on the on the podcast. And I was um I was there for about maybe probably 10 years, if not 12 years, I think I started in 1997. Uh, let's see, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, I think almost 15 years with the gun club. And it was about that time for me to go ahead and take off. It was about that time for me to go ahead and leave. Because uh, th- there were certain certain things that happened at the gun club, which I wasn't too, too impressed with. And then all of a sudden came Baker Hughes, which had not only uh, a lot of benefits involved, but more pay and uh, just a little bit more responsibilities. And it was something that was much, much different than the gun club. Um, I was getting paid every two weeks. Uh, the money was great. The holiday pay was tremendous. I loved how it went down and it was incredible. And uh, and then certain circumstances happened about one year. I've been with the company for about one year and then everything just kind of went down. Um, I've talked about it before. Um, a lot, a lot to do with the DWI. A DWI that was not my fault. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. I know some people will probably find out, find what's funny about that. But then I, I worked with. Now the company that I'm working with now. merged with this company that I started in 2013, right? And this company I've been with for, let's see, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 years, about almost nine, almost nine years with this company. And they merged with a company over in Houston, Texas. And that company would come together and we would still get the same jobs that we were doing. But we would get more benefits, and we would get holiday pay, and we would get all sorts of other stuff. One of those things was this week where we were going to be working for four days. But Friday, we would we, we, some of us would, we, would be off. But we would all have to attend this Christmas party that would take place over in Houston, Texas. And I thought, oh, wow, this is incredible. But how am I supposed to... When are we supposed to leave? Well, apparently... I wasn't sure the distance from Corpus to Houston would be about a three and a half hour, three and a half hours, if, if memory serves me correctly, because in San Antonio, you would actually get there in about two hours, if not probably an hour and a half. But depending on the traffic and depend which direction you go, we took off. Uh, we were scheduled to be there around 4 a.m. in the morning. So I had about a few hours of sleep. I got up about two o'clock, took a shower, got dressed, got ready. Uh, I had a friend of mine or oh, I'm sorry an uncle of mine who picked me up and dropped me off around three thirty so I was already on time before anybody else would show up, right so we would take off in this bus and this it's kind of it's not a big bus, but it's kind of a tour van of some kind, so some of us had came, and there were others that did not show up so we took off we had a long trip over uh we connected from uh let's see we went instead of going in the direction where we're going to san antonio we went in another direction which i think is a shorter distance where you take the harbor bridge you go there and then you make a stop over in refurio and then you go all the way to refurio i think you you know stop at a few places including walton Water, Waterton, Texas, I think that's what it's called. It's spelled uh, W T W H A R T O N. We made a, we stopped at a place called Bucky's right around 6 o'clock in the morning, I think. Um, It was crazy because we left Corpus, I think before, I think a little before 4 o'clock, if memory serves me. I had my, I had my phone, I had my stuff with me. I had my little, um, my little earbuds on me, you know, just to listen to some, I usually listen to music or sometimes I listen to Jim Cornette experience just to drown out some people. But um, the, the ride was pretty good. I liked it. Uh, we went from there. We went to Bucky's. I think I, I just mentioned that. And it was incredible. I've, I have always heard about Bucky's so much, but I've never been there. And it just occurred to me. There's this place in Texas. There's this place over in Portland, Texas called The Texan, right? It's a store. And I thought it was a new store to me, and it looked extremely familiar. looked good, right? Liked it. When I went to Bucky's, this place looked similar to The Texan over here. So my guess is The Texan is their version of Bucky's, unless Bucky's was built before the texan but it's a long story but bucky's was a great place i mean you see the it's a obviously it's a beaver right and some of their food was great some of their merchandise was pretty good i would have loved to have taken some stuff over their bucky's because that was just ooh incredible it was great uh so uh we got there. We uh, I, I took some pictures and I took uh, it'll be posted on my main event um, on my on my Facebook page and on my Instagram page. I may put it on Twitter when I have the opportunity, or it may show up over there. So we took off. We were leaving to head to uh, to Houston, Texas. So I'm guessing we probably had about a two hour drive. Let's see if we headed from. Corpus around four o'clock and showed up at Bucky's around six o'clock. That means that was four, five almost two hours from there to here, so we had probably about an hour and a half left to get to Houston. so when we got there, we showed up in in Houston right around maybe seven seven thirty I think. Uh, We arrived there as early as we could, and I couldn't believe it, right? I couldn't believe how early we actually got there. So the next thing that we did was we stopped in this building, right? Now, once again, as you can tell, I'm not mentioning anything about the workplace I'm in. The reason why some people that know me personally know what my work facility is. For others, I, I prefer nobody else to know about it unless you know me personally, but I'm just giving you the door. You know, I know some people are probably saying, well, if you're telling us this, then why won't you tell us? It's, it's for me, it's this. I don't like people to know about what I do, right? And if it's a close friend of mine or anybody in the same business as me, that's good. We keep in contact with each, with each other. We keep in contact with each other, we stick with what we know, and we don't tell anybody else. It's kind of a secret like that. So anyways, we went to this place, and I saw this corporation, I saw this big building, and it was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. This was nothing like what we had over here in Corpus. Nothing at all. It was just incredible to look at. Uh, It it basically reminds me of Baker Hughes back in the day. Where we were given a tour, we were looking at everything, we see everything for what it is, and we were preparing ourselves for what's to come. And I was I was eager and prepared for what's to come. Now, this company was different because it wasn't, obviously it wasn't Baker Hughes because, you know, Baker Hughes is an oil field company and the company I work with uh, specializes in, well, I'm not like I said, I'm not going to tell you what it is because it's... Once again, a need-to-know basis. So we were in this company. uh, We were in this company. We saw everything for what it is. And then afterwards, we took off and left over to, I think it's called the Shirley Acres, I think. And it was, uh, I think it was a convenience, a convention center. I think that's what it was. Um, It was an incredible place. and, And I saw it. That's where this Christmas party took place, right? Went there. It was going to be my first Christmas party. Showing up dressed how I am, looking as good as I can be, showing up and doing the things that I'm doing. And it was an incredible place to watch. And uh, meeting the, the owner of the place, meeting several of the co workers that worked in other facilities in, in San Antonio, in Houston, in Laredo, in Austin, and other places like that. And it's uh, pretty incredible. It's pretty great to um, check it out. So we were the new branch in Corpus Christi, right? So they bought us out, and now we become the new facility for Corpus Christi, Texas, which is incredible, which is great. They handed out several awards. Uh, I I guess these are bonuses. And and, and this is something I found funny. (coughs) This is something I found funny with this. We don't hand out bonuses. We don't do bonuses. We don't do Christmas bonuses. We hand out awards. It's like, okay but you're still handing out bonuses, aren't you? I mean, <laughs> because that because that would kind of be stupid if you're getting a plaque and not getting money. If you get money with the plaque, that works, all right? But there were several people that have uh, started working there for a few months that received something, several people that worked there for a year that received something, some people that have been there for five years received something, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and the whole nine yards. Um, there was over... I would guess an estimation of maybe 300 people that were there. And it was, it was an incredible atmosphere to be there with. And, and, and and also I know some, some guys are going to be like, okay, well, how hot were the women, Furman? Mm. Let me tell you, um, I, I, oh, how do I put this delicately? I would bang 20 of those women if they didn't look as hot as they did, okay? I mean, most of them them were dressed for the occasion, dressed like they were ready for the prom, but it was a banquet. It was basically a, a Christmas party to look good. And, you know, I look good as, you know, how I am. I wasn't exactly the handsomest guy in the room, although I was looked at by a few other women, and I really didn't want to say anything, even though they were married! I know some guys are like, Furman, go ahead and take advantage of it. You're in Houston. I mean, they'll, they'll put out. It's like, well, shit. <laughs> but anyways. but there were a lot of stuff there that was incredible. Uh, we were given uh, some handbags. Um, basically like a complimentary stuff. Uh, where they gave us like a new work shirt, a new jacket, and also a cutting board, which is pretty cool to check out and everything. The name tag I was given. I didn't notice it until I got home when I looked at it. It said Furman Taurus, right? But it said F-E-R-R-M-A-N. I looked at that. I was like, wait a minute. Uh, that's not how you spell my name. Well, obviously, it's how you spell it, but it should have it said F-E-R-M-A-N because that's how it's actually supposed to be spelled. That's how my name is supposed to be. But whatever it was, however they did it, you know. <coughs> that it is what it is. What am I gonna do? What can I say? So, uh, there were several uh, awards that were given. Uh, uh, a talk to by a man named Joe. Uh, I am uh, blind about it. Uh, well, can't remember his last name, but he introduced himself to us, and several of the uh, several of these other companies that introduced themselves to us because we were the new branch, we were the new deal, and you know all of us were introducing ourselves you know properly the way we are we got to you know represent look good in every way possible and uh we liked it it was uh it was pretty good you know the the food was good they had either steak or chicken uh the dessert menu was pretty good the salad was just right um uh, i liked the iced tea the iced tea was good although it would be nice if you would add a little lemon to it and i mean lemon not not the like the actual lemon the fruit itself but you know Cause I, I like I like a, a splash of uh, I like drinking sweet tea, with a splash of lemonade, you know, just to kind of make it pretty good and everything. But that's that's just me for it. But yeah, there um, uh, Shirley Acres was a very very good place. Um, I recommend it to anyone that wants to do any sort of um, uh, banquets, facilities, weddings. Uh, bar mitzvahs and all that other stuff it was a great place to be at Uh, they also did some several uh several auctions uh they were handing out raffle tickets each each of the people that came in uh had a raffle ticket right and uh it was there was like six seven raffle tickets with our names on it and we put it in these boxes of what what item we could get uh there were several tool bags involved there were several there were several big tvs over there and i saw oh wow oh no definitely want to get that my hands on that uh some men's cologne i wanted to get that uh several dallas cowboy and houston jerseys and i would have loved to have gotten that and there was an xbox and there was a ps5 and my first thought was when i saw that ps5 hanging there when it was right there by itself my first thought is i'm surprised nobody had came into the building to try to snatch that and leave the fucking building because it's Houston, Texas. And some people were just freaked out, like, okay, what's so big deal about the PS5? And I, he's an older gentleman and I didn't want, I, I kind of I kinda put in my head like this a little bit. Like, I kind of, like, you know, when somebody says something obscure or stupid and they go ahead and, and they put their hand in their face like, what the fuck? Are you serious? Do you have any idea what the fuck a PS5 is? Are you serious? <laughs> so, Everybody was getting everything that they could and everything. And some of us didn't get a whole lot. Others got some shit, period, right? So the banquet had ended maybe around like, because uh, we showed up here at 7.30. We stopped at a building and looked around for about maybe an hour. So we left the place about maybe eight thirty nine o'clock. Showed up at this event. Um, we were there for a few hours and left about maybe about 2 two thirty, 30. So by that time we stopped at a store and then we were on our way back to Corpus Christi. Uh, we got back right around six, uh, 640 in the, uh, 640 in the afternoon. So I had plenty of time to get my ride ready, head back home and, um, everything was good from there. So it was an interesting experience. I loved it. Uh, uh, this was I guess the first of many Christmas parties I'm going to be a part of and everything. And um, it was good. I, I loved my trip to Houston. I would have loved to have seen some of the other places that they had. I saw several other things that I looked at. Um, I, saw, I saw Baker Hughes building over there which was much different than what I've seen over in Corpus. Because there used to be a Baker Hughes building in Robstown. There used to be a couple in Alice, Texas, which is no longer around here anymore. And now all of a sudden, the only way you go to Baker Hughes, is if you go either to San Antonio or Houston or in the Dallas area, those are the only spots you have to go to. Because that's really where the money is when you think about it. That's really where the money is. And it was just incredible to be there and, and seeing all of these. I mean... I think Houston is a lot bigger than Dallas, Texas. Because I've been to Dallas and I've seen how big that place is and I've seen how it is. But I think Houston's a little bit bigger, you know? One of the biggest cities I've ever seen. I think uh, one of my friends, Lewis, uh, was telling me that it was the fourth biggest city in Texas, which I th- I'm, I'm curious about what the biggest city is. It can't be Corpus, because we gotta be like, what, the, the seventh, eighth, maybe ninth or 10th largest city in Texas? You know, that would probably be it. That would probably make a whole lot of sense. Probably lower than that, but I don't know. But it was incredible. I would love to go to Houston again, and be there. And uh, and and you know what's even crazier is, uh, Houston is scheduled to have a match, or Houston, the Houston Texans are scheduled to have a game against the Dallas Cowboys over in Dallas, Texas. So. <laughs> Uh, there should be something special to check out there so i i i know my brother's not gonna like that but unfortunately the texans really don't have a chance i'm sorry i love you brother but you know your team is oh my god and dallas we are the shit that's all you have to know we are the fucking shit we're gonna beat the hell out of the here 's the Texans. and luckily, my brother 's nowhere near near me when i 'm saying this, so <laughs> everything's good and everything, but yeah i love I love my experience in Houston, Texas. I would love to go there one day just to visit you know I have several I have several friends that live in Houston, Texas. I mentioned uh, Claudius Solis earlier. Um, she lives over in Houston, Texas and I would love to, you know, meet her just to say hi and see how she's doing and everything else like that. And now I have several other friends that live in the Houston, Texas area as well. So some, uh, some of my Corpus friends live in Houston as well. So representing H town, how it is, but man, it was, it was cool. Loved it. And hopefully one day I'll get a chance to go back over to Houston, Texas and do another banquet and maybe We'll walk away with more than just a couple of bags. You know what I'm saying? Should be great. Nonetheless, love Houston. Houston had a problem, which was called the main event. And I just want to say to Houston, Texas, thank you. Thank you for the hospitality. And hopefully the main event will be back in a different capacity where it's not about work. It's about wrestling or football. However you want to do it. Can't wait. Houston, Texas was awesome. Okay, that's going to do it for this edition of this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. We hope you have enjoyed it. Just remember, guys, this is... It's December 10th. There's going to be a lot of events happening. I must apologize for not mentioning Rich's Billiards at this time, but we had a lot of stuff we needed to talk about. But just in case you guys are interested, uh, we know that there's going to be several events happening on Saturday. If you guys got nothing to do on the Saturday night, and if you want to check out the UFC 282, we have not had a chance to talk about UFC 282 or any of the boxing events that are happening tonight. Now, if you want to check those events out, all you got to do is head over to Rich's Billiards tonight and check out the UFC. Check out some boxing. Check out some soccer. Check out uh, whatever college football game is happening because it's all going to go down on Saturday. It's all going to go down on my brother's birthday in every way possible. So, just to reiterate on something, final battle taking place tonight, NXT deadline. Well, actually, let me correct that. I'm sorry. Final battle to take place in the afternoon. Okay, so we're only a couple of hours away from that. NXT to take place tonight. Deadline is tonight. Two boxing events are going to happen. Uh, let's see. Uh, UFC two eighty two is going to happen tonight as well. Uh, and I think those are all. Uh, there's going to be a soccer event, of course, happening as well. So get a chance to check that out. And once again, I'm extending my apologies to everyone uh, about the whole thing with Matt Woods celebrating Matt Woods' accomplishment, his graduation. Once again, big congratulations go out to you. And if I had the opportunity to get over there, I may get there. I may get there if I can. If I can get there right after my brother's birthday... And if my brother gets too drunk and gets passed out right before 12 to 1 o'clock, maybe I can stop by there, say hello, see how everything's rolling <laughs> every way possible. But we'll see how it is. Nonetheless, congratulations to Matt Wood on his accomplishment. We're all proud of you. Your mother's proud of you every way possible. Congratulations go out to you. Everything's going to go down over at Homestar's house. So, we've got a lot of stuff that's going to happen. My brother's birthday's today, several big events. We're all looking forward. Tonight's going to be the night, so we got to go ahead and wrap this up as soon as possible. As always, follow the main event on Twitter at twitter.com slash at main event player. You can also follow me on my brand new Instagram at instagram.com slash at main event player two. And uh, no word on my Facebook page, but if anything goes down... You will find out all the answers you need to know in 2023 as to whether or not we will start a new Facebook page or not. We will see about that. And if you want a friend request me on my brand new Facebook page, as always, and I've already had several requests already from every single woman on Facebook that has nothing to do with me, proceed at your own fucking wrist that's all you have to know anyways thank you for listening guys i will see you on the final episode of the main event talk podcast for 2022 we've got one more episode left it's gonna happen i'm gonna be taking some time off and then the main event will return in 2023 with a brand new episode as always thank you for listening i'll see you next time why because i can and i want to Any questions? Enough said. Happy birthday to you, my brother. And congratulations to you, Matt Wood. Let's have ourselves a good Saturday, shall we? Now, this is the part where the show is completely over. We're done, and uh, I know that there's uh, one final piece of business that i got to take care of, and I want to go ahead and take care of this right away. Now, we talked about this earlier in the Main Event Talk podcast where we uh, discussed about the whole thing with uh, Dimebag Darrell. We talked about what happened to him about 18 weeks ago when he was shot and killed on um, the anniversary of John Lennon. And uh, we uh, mentioned everything about Dimebag Darrell as we could, But we never had an opportunity to really talk about John Lennon. I think we did. Actually, I think we did talk about it. But I wanted to go ahead and at this time, you know, take a moment to remember the memory of John Lennon. He was a a very inspirational man. He inspired a lot of people. He was a part of the Beatles a long time ago. They were one of the greatest groups in the history of music. And John Lennon had touched the lives of many people many, many years ago. So... To end the main event talk podcast right here, we'd like to go ahead and uh, put out a song on uh, from John Lennon to remember him for what he is. Uh, he died in December 18th, uh, <clears throat> December of, December 8th of 1980. I was probably maybe two years old, I think, three years old coming in, I think, let's see, 77, 78, 79, 80. I was three years old when he had passed away. And... I didn't think about it as a kid uh, but when I got older when I found out who he was it was sad it was, very, it was very very sad how it went down with him and it was even sadder what happened to Back Daryl as well so we'd like to go ahead and take this moment to remember John Lennon right here on the Main Event Song Podcast and uh, John just to let you know your name will never be forgotten in music your name will always be You know, in the annals of the history of music, you will always be remembered, you will never be forgotten. Thank you, John Lennon.